and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And it's all topsy-turvy this week, JP, as we are live on YouTube uh, with uh, The Whale watching. We're doing Patreon there uh, free week. Uh, those who are listening on the free feed, there's a full 45 uh, or so minutes, uh, depending on, uh, on what I edit in and out, uh, of chatter uh, with me, you, uh, Matty and Gareth, going through our, our dealer's choice picks, the uh, mm. big debate of the day as far as uh, oat milk and different types of milk on cereal, hot milk on cereal, Weetabix versus porridge. Got all the important stuff there, but yeah, yes. as it is, free week uh, this week we're doing a free trial uh, for our patrons we are at the two-year point of uh, of us doing the patreon so yeah you Jesus. might have noticed on your on your audio feeds folks if you're uh, you're only listening to this part that we've got a uh, on the feed uh, the monday updates and tuesday updates so far this week means a me and jp's daily updates we do um each day with the uh, with the news recaps we've got obviously this episode of spotlight and the pre-show that uh, hopefully you've heard before this but also our bonus show this week which will be the uh, the dealer's choice mixtape where me you Matty and, uh, and Gareth uh, pick two matches each and we'll uh, we'll talk about them and that'll be free for all and also Grapple Weekend show on Friday. Way to, uh, to celebrate in style, JP. That'll be live on YouTube as well. Very uh, very different week this week. It really is, isn't it? It's proper jam-packed with loads of stuff and you'll hear our, our sort of pithy stylings as well in the mornings. Um, mm. Tomorrow I'll be going through NXT results, a show I <laughs> oh, never watch <laughs> with no idea. <laughs> And there might be a certain uh, NXT superstar who makes himself a little comeback, um, which for those people who've never listened to it before, you'll be like, I don't know who you mean. Trick Williams? is like, no. It's, it's the Raw result that I enjoy. Like, it, I, like, I watched the first two hours of Raw. Like, I don't know really what I was thinking, um, but I did. <laughs> it was shit. <laughs> Just to throw that out there quickly. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as Hogan came out, I should, and his mic didn't work, I should have known it wasn't a... It wasn't worth sticking to. Bloodline segment was all right. Um, the DX stuff was terrible. Um, lots of uh, old man jokes, and at that point, I just turned it off. That was my. Uh, that was my. You know, it's those. It's those like fucking. These and they've done too many of these. Like even if like you were tempted to go and watch them, like and be like, oh well, it's a big roar. It's raw thirty. There was raw twenty five, which feels like it was yesterday. There's like the twenty seven thousandth anniversary of raw that was on, and it's all the same shit. Like my theory on it, like I was watching it, and like the last thing I saw, you know, the way they do like the shit poker games backstage, and it's like to a T, the APA have got a poker game set up. I know here comes uh, some wacky old characters who a million dollar man's gonna laugh evilly, and then at the end of it, Ron Simmons is gonna be say, "Damn, like those lads have been doing that shit longer than they were actually in WWE." Like we should tally it up, you know, when we do the, the time and the the age stuff all the time. Like Ron Simmons' career is saying "damn" in comedy segments backstage feels like it's about eight times as long as his actual WWE career at this point. And we've exactly, and we've seen this so many times because, like you say, there's always a special. There was always some sort of anniversary mm. they're plugging. It was the thousandth episode of Raw not that long ago, for God's sake. They were banging on mm. about that. I, I read through it with just like a sense of at what point would I fall asleep? And mm. I genuinely don't think I could make more than 20 minutes at a push. <laughs> you barely make like, the results of Simon. Says. I, Simon mentions there that I, I sound defeated reading the Raw results. <laughs> yeah. And I just read them. I don't watch them like because I'll just be vehemently angry and just thinking, is it worth what I get paid? for, for mm-hmm. this because it's like a it, it feels like a but you you do it because you you don't you're an insomniac so um mm-hmm. you, you 
You don't Such sleep. God bless you. <laughs> Which is why I'm not. Uh, I'm not so into cereal. That's what maybe as as you said, I'm not but, up early enough to uh, to get some cereal. <laughs> but the nostalgia is like I don't know what the ratings are for this. I'm assuming that they're probably out, out at the moment as well. But it, it doesn't seem. No chat, folks. That's the benefit of being live. Yeah, you go for it. exactly. You can do the hard work for us. But it, it, it just feels like I don't know. Like this stuff, it, it's so wearing thin because they brought back everybody at various mm. points like and whatnot and it's it's a distraction more than anything else i think mm. like i'm going to talk about like an episode of a tv show that should have been a complete sort of like special and and something different from like the week to week but for something like this it never feels like it celebrates what their present is or what their future is it's just permanently looking into the past which if you want to do that patreon.com forward slash grapple and listen to our <laughs> raw month one yeah, yeah. and it was dark because rob barler yeah. was there so oh where's rob barler it's on these shows you know like uh, well does he never get the call conspicuous by his absence yeah. wasn't he <laughs> he missed out yeah hopefully hopefully one day uh, big rob uh, gets the call but yeah you can uh, get here on the patreon as uh, us talking all that and obviously yeah we did the uh the five to one uh last weekend as well so if you're enjoying mm-hmm. the uh the patreon content you can get that but no way to transition jp we've got to uh, start at the uh, yeah. at the top we did the the grapple weekend show on uh, on friday for our patrons mm-hmm. like i say that'll be free this week uh for, for this week's version of the show but if anyone uh didn't hear it um on the obviously with it being on the patreon we covered in some detail the uh, the Jay Briscoe um, story from last week. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been about a week now um, since this story broke. Like people, you know, don't know, you know, watching on YouTube now. Me and you were literally in the middle of recording last week. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, sleeping, me and you were uh, were trying to get yeah. the latest uh, version of uh, observe this in the uh, in the bag when the uh, the really sad, unbelievably sad news of uh, of Jay Briscoe broke. Um, like I said on the weekend show, I've, honestly, this is one I've struggled with personally like is just somebody i've been watching for for 20 years you know jay briscoe was on the first roh show and you know but at this point he was on the last roh show until they uh they come back proper but yeah it's uh it's one that de- that definitely um hit me hard we've been covering the news updates on the daily updates that uh, i imagine some people have uh, have heard this week as well um obviously the uh, the positive news of you know his uh, his two daughters looking like they they're making something of a of a, of a recovery that's been a you know a positive shot in the arm i think the overall just love that's come you know both from like the wrestling community and like i've been to be honest, Alan Farrell, I think, first linked me to these over on the, uh, the Facebook uh, of like that. It's like their local church, like the two pastors have been posting videos um, talking about uh, Jay Briscoe and the family and providing updates from the family. Like Jay Briscoe's poor wife herself has been, you know, putting updates on Facebook, like thankful and encouraging, you know, people, you know, who've been, you know, leaving nice messages and, you know, and, and saying nice things about, about, about Jay Briscoe as well. So there's some positives there as we covered on the weekend show, the, you know, the, uh, the, it's not a go for me, is it? The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the term is it. Go send me. Go, yeah, that one. We'll, we'll we'll throw the link in the uh, yeah. in the in the show notes as well. Uh, that's doing unbelievably um, well at, at at this point as well. So plenty of uh, love and support, and yeah, it's been a it's been a week, JP. And I, I kind of you know we went through the stages of you know Friday. I felt very angry to be honest, um, just mm. about you know the Warner Brothers side of things, and the, you know just the way 
I was finding it hard to deal with the fact that you know Jay Briscoe was a pariah um, for some good reason and for for you know non good reason. Uh, I think in some cases as well, and you know the fact that you know we were able to celebrate him after he died is is definitely a, a sad subject. Um, definitely going to mention some of that you know later on, but I do feel you know that's been tempered somewhat by the you know the news that's come out today and that Mark Briscoe was going to be on Dynamite this coming week and mm-hmm. have a match with a. Uh, with Jay Lethal. Um, God bless Tony Khan for doing everything he can for this poor family. And, you know, this is a gesture he didn't have to do and a fight he didn't, you know, have to fight with TBS. So I'm thankful um, he's done that. But, you know, I do want to get into, you know, the, the highlights of Jay Briscoe's career. I do mm. want to you know, celebrate Jay Briscoe as we maybe move into a, a place where, you know, more positive news is coming through on the family and such. But I don't know. Where are you at with it uh, at this point? Uh, almost uh, a week on uh, uh, JP. Because I know it, you know, you're not like a, an ROH guy like me, but I know this, no. uh, this hit you as well. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. It was something that, you know, because it's it just the circumstances, the, the, the absolutely horrific circumstances. I mean, 38 is absolutely no age at all. I'm six years older. And it's yeah. horrific. Young children doing dad stuff, you yeah. know. Taking his taking his um, daughters to a cheerleading uh, cheer practice is absolute mm. tragedy. One of those kind of acts of God type stuff where just it's a freak accident it happens and it's and it's absolutely tragic. And but it does sound like at the latest of the d- updates, it feels like that both um, I won't say it's Jaylee and Gracie are, are making recoveries. So yeah, and like you mentioned, it's give send go is the uh, is the link for that, and it's just hit over three hundred thousand. Um, which is which is in, in, incredible, um, and it's an absolute tragedy. And I think it says a lot about where all of this praise has come from. And we're going to talk about a New Japan versus Noah show where they came out. Wrestlers of both companies came out. You know, it, it was like a big deal to the wrestlers there. It didn't they didn't have to do anything like for Jay Briscoe. I know that like he you know a former tag team champion, but it's a measure of how much that like kind of he was thought of there. And thought of like around the wrestling community. And the hope is, is that people now go back and they watch the things that made them uh, and made the Briscoes and Jay Briscoe a great wrestler as well. I know that's one of the things that I kind of, that I want to do for that. And like you, I was very angry and I won't lie, Dynamite this week just kind of made me cross. And it's, with this, though, you you sort of remember the circumstances of, of everything else with it, and you think, well, at this point in time, it's about you know, it, it's about respect for for him and his family, and like you say, it's it, it's it's really great that Mark Briscoe is going to come out, and I know he's he's said a few things about how sort of welcome the support has been as well. It's insane. So, like the fact that that man's willing to wrestle on Wednesday. Like I, yeah. I did David, um, Davy and Braden show on Sunday, and we were talking about him, and it was like, I mean, I was saying it's not even a guarantee he'll ever wrestle again, you know, mm-hmm. considering you know it's hard he was to Jay, like the strength of him to, because that's the thing. This dynamite on Wednesday is Jay's 39th birthday. It would have been, which is gotten. I mean, the day after he died was Mark's birthday. Like you talk about a close family, and you know Mark is you know showing strength there and. That's the thing that I'm kind of, you know, this almost a week on, we've kind of had a week to sit on it before, mm-hmm. you know, doing this, you know, tonight. And we had that kind of outlet on the weekend show to get a bit angry on Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't help but reflect on, like, just, you know, how strong this family is. You know, mm-hmm. Ashley, um, Jay's wife, Ashley Pugh, like, she 
you know, is out there, like literally asking and begging people not to send hate the other way. You know, the, yeah. the woman who crashed into Jay Briscoe, who has been, you know, who also died herself, who, as you know, they, they're saying, and as the pastors have been saying on uh, on Facebook, she, you know, had a family herself. She had kids herself. And, you know, that's an, an awful tragedy in itself. But the fact that they're even thinking about that, you know what I mean? The fact that they're even, you know, trying to, stoke those those you know stop stoking those flames stop that reaction that's kind of happening that mm-hmm. always happens on the internet when people take sides and everything's very black and white you know they don't want that either um and as they've been saying if they don't want that then you know who is anybody else you know to yeah. be to, to be like that as well and it's like this past week you know like i say we, we can get into the mark stuff when we get into into dynamite in a minute and i i do still have things to say about the the nature of forgiveness and the nature of mm-hmm. you know when can it your rehabilitation when can anybody make up for past things do should we be boiling people down to you know the worst thing they tweeted um you know does that make a, a human being i mean the the you know it's starting a positive the tributes you know that we've seen this last week that just keep coming you know i've said that a couple of times now we are now you know we're at a point where like it's hundreds of wrestlers all talking about Jay Briscoe like he was mm-hmm. their best friend, or they all had like this moment with them, or these moments with them, or this relationship with him. Like, you know, yes, there is the the unfortunate incident we can talk about later, but overall, overwhelmingly, this is a good man, a family man, you know, a, a father, a great father, you know, by by every account, and a great person, you know, that people have lost. And again, a positive you can take is just, you know, from every direction. Kevin Owens is on. You know, SmackDown at the weekends with a with a with a J, you know, armband on. Um, WWE wrestlers, AEW wrestlers, ROH wrestlers, people you wouldn't expect, all come out and show and love. Like those are mm-hmm. those are the positives you can take. And obviously, you know, people's memories of Jay Briscoe and such. And I've got plenty of a part of that too. But you know, that is something that's that's nice to see. It is, and I think it's one of the things that you know you you you, you try to think of. You know the any positives that come out of these these kind of situations it is that kind of groundswell of love showing the kind of impact he had on yeah. his co-workers lives across a whole broad spectrum of companies obviously you know ton thousands of different wrestlers different who all of whom different backgrounds different perspectives and you know they were they were so well thought of you know, the hope would be that, as uh, from a wrestling perspective, that a lot of people who who obviously didn't have the chance to see the Briscoes wrestle in a major promotion on sort of like national television of of any real substance will go back and watch Briscoes matches now and try and mm. discover like what made that and Jay Briscoe's singles run um, singles matches as well. And a lot of those types, you know, you you hope that those are kind of the things where there is this real legacy that he does leave behind in wrestling in terms of tag teams. Like mm. you kind of think of it, it's, it's one of the things, you know, when we're, we're going to be um, talking, uh, talking about it soon enough. You, you, you think about, you know, the, the highlights of 2022 and you're thinking FTR and the brick Briscoes and that's, that's last year. Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible. That's a positive I'm taking. Like it's like, you know, you know me, and I'm about to do it. I can wax lyrical about you know the Briscoe's career. I know Alan Farrell's doing it on his show over there, and I'm we're definitely going to have Jamesy on at some point to do some form of Briscoe's mixtape when it's a bit less raw. We talked about doing it this week. 
just it, it still feels a little bit sooner, as much as yeah. I want to you know celebrate you know Jay Briscoe the wrestler, but we will be doing it soon enough. Um, don't get me wrong, but that is something I, I think you can take from this last year that like the whale got to see how good how good the Briscoes were. Like I am, I'm sure you know as somebody who you know get the belt on the back, you know massive ROH fan, you know that period of glory period of ROH is something I don't shut up about, and I'm just sure I'm sure you'll hear me talk about it more, you know, over the next month or so. But like even for people who've maybe heard people like me talk about them, or if you know when you have that conversation, who's the best tag team in wrestling, and you know people go back and forth, FTR, the books, and somebody might pipe up and say Briscoes and. You know, I don't think I think a lot of people maybe weren't fully familiar with their career, hadn't seen a lot of the ROH stuff. I feel like this year, as much as again, it bites a little bit that it didn't happen on AW TV. Um, and at least we're making amends for that now. These three high profile FTR, you know, Briscoe's matches this year have absolutely just, you know, made everyone aware, you know, that that. The Briscoes are absolutely in that conversation when it comes to the best ever wrestling tag teams. I've seen Voices of Wrestling say, you know, that the the, the dog collar match is going to win their match of the year. Spoiler, it's my match of the year. I know we we're still planning on it on doing something around the, the Grapple 100. I bet you did. I don't know the, the results of the Grapple 100. I bet it'll be there as well. And yeah, you know, this year, you know, at least two of those three matches are appearing on, you know, match of the year ballots up and down. And it's like, yeah. You know, maybe it's a bit late, but people are seeing it. People are seeing how good they are and how good they've been for 20 years. You know, they were good day one. Like, Jay Briscoe was good on the first ROH show. The matches with them two, whether it was in CZW or in ROH when they were barely old enough to legally wrestle, you know, they were great, you know, for the level they were at that time. And they just got even better over time. And it's like, you know, you know, we said that about the mixtape, JP. You know, it's a, you know, that side of ROH is maybe stuff you've seen bits of, but there's mm. There that you're going to want to fill in as well, but you know, even for someone like you getting to see those matches this year, you know, you're fully aware of how good they are. But to get to see it on that platform, that is a, an absolute positive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take from this last year. Yeah, I, th- I, I really do think so, and I think it's, it's now at the point of like kind of really getting thought of all of the things they achieved. Because I mean, I mentioned it earlier on, they are, they are former IWGP tag team champions. Like so, yeah. like of the of the biggest of the companies which they wrestled in, they felt confident enough to put the tag team. I know it's the tag team titles in New Japan at the time they won. It wasn't exactly like a kind of gangbusters yeah. run with it, but dear lord, you know they were always like kind of they were always like the highlights of shows. Really, yeah. like even for when I started, you know those like early nascent iPay views and stuff like that, and people would like persist on getting even with the shitty streams and everything else like they were the highlight and yeah. they developed as characters. And, you know, I heard, like I mentioned it on Friday, hearing Todd Martin talk about this on The Fix, they were a tag team that could have really worked in any era, in any promotion, because they had the characters that not only could they keep, obviously keep up with the kind of modern high-flying pace. You could put them in there with top, you could have put them in there with, like, say, a top flight be absolutely fine at the same time. You put them in dog collar match. You can have them doing technical wrestling or kind of classic heel face dynamics and you don't worry about them and they've got a kind of you know i saw i remember in york hall mikey mentioned it in the chat um uh, the ring of honor tapings and it was the briscoes versus the bucks which wasn't announced it was like going to be singles matches involving the forum they said i'd have a tag team match which was best for all concerned and it was fucking great didn't really kind of need to necessarily do it, but they just went absolutely hell for leather because of the chemistry and it's you know, speak about young bucks being hall of 
famer um like kind of uh ballots for for tag teams is how much is that intrinsically linked to the briscoes who you know were always like the highlights of of all of the cards it's jay briscoe jay briscoe is a singles wrestler is one of those gaps i do have that i kind of want to see because like i've obviously haven't seen lots and lots of his promos and stuff being shared he was just like so like he carried the intensity whereas mark obviously had the kind of like goofy um redneck kung fu kind of comedy aspect to him but it was a perfect it was like a perfect blend well they worked as singles acts too that's the thing you know i'm not going to pretend that era of roh was my era of roh you know but i was checking in and out for the big shows by the time they they gave uh jay the title obviously aware of it and aware how good he was, but that says something too, you know, that wasn't a, a token run on top. It was, you know, he was legitimately the champion. Mark was fine as like a, you know, a mid-card uh, act doing his own thing, and then they could come back together and and team up. Like there's, you know, there's plenty of, um, plenty you can, you can say positively there, but it's like for me, you know, we talk about an ROH Mark Rushmore, you know, the obvious picks for me, uh, Brian, Joe, I would personally say CM Punk, but that's me and my year of ROH. You know, there's people who'd he'd swap that name out for maybe some later names. But like, as far as that fourth spot, it either goes to Jay or it goes to the Briscoes as a team. And I think it's the Briscoes mm. as a team because they are ROH. You know, they were Tony Khan was about to build a brand around them. You know what I mean? Despite the issues with with mm. uh, with Turner, he was willing to do that. He was willing to you know go forward with that and and try and try and build ROH around them. Um, because they were that good and they were synonymous with ROH and they never this year tells you alone a couple of five-star matches in there they didn't slow down like you know from the start you know Jake Jake came into ROH as a singles act you know it's the famous story because because Mark um as has been uh, said in the chat there was was too young you know he'd be working indies under a mask and and stuff like that that was uh I know Jay would there uh, would do it too as well and it was a bit later that Mark came in but immediately they were players in ROH you know as far as the tag team goes like they were you know slender and had the you know the stupid uh, singlets on and you're just boots and trunks wrestlers really you know they didn't have like the look they were skinny teenagers like you know a lot of the skinnier indie boys that were on the ROH shows back then but they stood out you know we looked at the Jay and Samoa Joe cage match when we did the uh, the Joe mixtape like that's a massive memory from that early mm. ROH period that's one of the best matches in ROH history and that's Jay at like 20 you know what I mean he's like barely he's a he's a complete kid at that point and Mark's cornering him for that big match but they had kind of the the faith in them in, the, in those early days and they were a massive part of of that early ROH but the thing that sticks out to me and I've talked to Alan about it before and I think I mentioned it with, with Davian Braden at the weekend it's when they came back, you know, when there was the ROH reboot period in 2004 and we had the, you know, the whole Generation Next stuff and we had the, it's basically the whole exodus to TNA over the, the, the Feinstein stuff and, mm. you know, the people stuck around where, you, where, you know, was your, was your Joes and your Punks and the like, you know, that ROH went through a big change period during that time and, you know, while they were around, they eventually dropped off and they were gone for about, feels like a year or so and then they came back and like, they were like two different human beings. It's like they'd eaten Mark and Jay. Like they were double the size width-wise. They felt taller. Like they'd filled out. They were men. They had like these boxing shorts on and they were like these hard-hitting, you know, 
man, I can't describe it any other way. Men, you know, when, when the whole man up thing and you know all mm. of that, that was true because it was like overnight. It was like they went through puberty or something like that. And like from that moment on, they were at that point absolutely probably the best tag team in the world. And like they went out there and they'd kill it every night and everything came together, you know, as far as a look goes, as far as having that high level work goes, you know, I've got loads of great memories of, the, of those matches in that period, chief among them being, you know, in Liverpool for the Briscoes against uh, Aries and Strong, which doesn't get talked about quite as much as it should because it took place right before Nigel and Brian. Um, so we don't really get that, uh, it doesn't really get that praise that it should, but one of the best live matches, you know, I'd ever seen um, up until that point. And then it's like, it's from there, you know, the big few that everyone should check out is the, the Kevin Steen and, and El Generico, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens um, feuds with the, with those guys. Like they, it's one of them, but the ladder war match is the one that you're going to hear everybody praise and link to but there's a boston street fight that those teams have that you know made me wake up on steen and generico i was like cm punk like ah who's the who's this who's this fat canadian bloke in a t-shirt and this geek in a mask like i i wasn't into them early days at roh and this feud you know made that their pot this is the point as well where roh is you know the gay beer of roh has gone off the boil a little bit and we're getting towards the end of that into the new era and i count those i think of those matches in the same conversation with the, you know, the peak Joe Kabashi, Danielson's title run, you know, 2000s run. That's, you know, for me, that is absolutely part and parcel, you know, part of that era, um, even though it's a little bit on the on the tail end of it. Like, those matches are incredible. You know, the Noah matches, uh, there's a couple of them. I mean, when we do a mixtape, there's going to be, you know, a million um, different ones we can do, but, you know, up against Ricky Marvin, like those matches, like, there is just so much of a wealth of material through this career. Like the mixtape's gonna have to be 30 matches long um to cover mm. it because like the, there is the, it's these phases in, in their career, the ones I mentioned into the you know the big J singles run where there's there's gems in there that I haven't you know you know seen or there's gems in there like the, the Steen match that uh that you know the Steen always talks about as uh, as Rian says here in the chat is one of the best moments of his career getting to put Jay over you know and give him that title title that match will absolutely um be chief among, among these matches it's just it's 20 years of quality the likes of which you don't really see and to mm. be honest maybe it's the controversies maybe it's the fact they were hidden away in roh you don't really see that that credit for it when does that happen when when does this happen with, with wrestlers that you know they don't have that that, that period where they, they fall down like it's it's an unbelievable 20 year run yeah, it's 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 the thing about not wrestling in the major companies, isn't it? That it, that's the thing that becomes the reason as well, to say that much, they're not it? in that. The fact, that, the fact that they were they'd be wrestling and then in the weekdays they'd be running the chicken farm. You know, yeah. that pastor on Facebook was literally joking. He'd gone around to see Mark this week and Mark was in good spirits, which is great to hear. And he's like, but I did make a joke about him. That he fucking stunk of chickens because he's at work because that's what they do. That's what yeah. these two fellas, they, they wrestle, they have these five-star matches and then they go back to the farm and they run chicken farm. Like, it's not a gimmick. Yeah. It's absolutely real. Um, and like, half of the great promos are from there as well. That's the, that's the thing I didn't even mention there until I'm at that career of matches. Like, the other thing about that look and when they put things together and as they got older, those looks got better. You know, they, yeah. they kind of like, they grew out the hair, they got the beards, they got tattoos, they were bulkier and Jay nailed down like the Jay Briscoe promos like are unbelievable. Like even if you haven't got the time to go out and watch matches, there's 
There's compilations on YouTube of Briscoe Brothers promos and segments. Go and watch them. It's Jay, like you said, it's Jay leading the way, like cutting like genuine taught you into the building promos. And it's Mark in the background being wacky or being scary, depending on the circumstance that it needs to be. Maybe Papa Briscoe will do a run in every now and then. Like, mm-hmm. but it's all believable stuff. It's wacky, but it's like, no. These chicken farmers from Delaware, I absolutely believe this is what they're like when they're when they're back at home. I absolutely mm-hmm. believe, you know, what they're saying here. Even the promos they used to build up these FTR matches, like they they had the entire package, in-ring promos, look, everything. Yeah, they really did. And that's why it's, you know, not so that, you know, bringing it over to a kind of negative side, it's, it's the tragedy of their careers that they weren't given the kind of opportunity to shine on the kind of biggest stage that bigger stages that they absolutely deserve to because they had all of those intangibles. Um, um, And and in particular as well, you mentioned about just like the way that they aged. You look at Jay and you think there is someone who at any given moment you could take him out. They, for me, ring of honor, like their tag division was the Briscoes effectively for me and everyone kind of ended up working around them up until like, then you had them in the bucks for kind of like extended period of time. But they were the, well. Matches with yeah. them, incredible. I've seen them against that. The you couldn't have just, yeah, sorry, no, you, you couldn't have just had like a, like top tier, just singles division. They needed to have tag team and, and, and they had that investment with them and the, the fans there, you saw the growth, which is kind of yeah. why like I, I, there came a point, it was like one of those things where you can't turn them heel in, in Ring of Honor. In fact, because they, the characters were them. They had done, they had mastered the trick of, amplifying who they really are up to 11 a little bit to make it kind of work on a televisual level. And I even remember them doing adverts for their own beanie toys for like ring of honor and stuff. Do you remember those when they were selling those and they were, they were having fun. They were enjoying it. They were able to kind of send it up and it, you would watch those and go like, there comes a point where they have paid penance for, for what it is that they have done and therefore they deserve to kind of have a chance to showcase this because they're a great tag team and they'll be able to work with absolutely everyone. And, you know, Dave mentioned earlier on in the chat, Top Flight was going to be one of the few they were obviously going to end up doing in Ring of Honor because they kind of brought Top Flight in and you thought, you know, Christ, what grounding for those lads to go into a feud with 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 the Briscoes uh, at, at that point in time. And obviously it's such a tragedy and you mentioned, you know, that they were going to be the figureheads for Ring of Honor wherever it, and whichever platform it, it, it ended up on. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think it, it's, you know, it, it is one of the things where, you know, and, and sorry to kind of like, I, I think, you know, bring it down. It, it was one of my frustrations when I watched Dynamite, where I just thought this needs to be something well, you gotta- else entirely different and it's not allowed to be. Yeah. You, yeah. You've, You've got to talk about it with some balance, I think, when, yes. we, when, when we talk about them. You know, there is, there's a reason they weren't on, you know, on TV everywhere. And I, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I could sit here for another 25 minutes listing, you know, great matches and memories, Kings, Kings of Wrestling matches, you know, even the stuff they did with Shelton and Charlie Haas, what the Young Bucks matches, saw one of them live in Liverpool, there's a million, saw them against each other in Liverpool. I'm so glad I got, I can say I did that, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's something you know, that's a, a massive memory for me as well. Um, but there is a reason they weren't on, on TV. And, you know, I think we've just got to be honest. Like, I'm from both sides of it as well. Like, you know, the reason, you know, the reason, because you, you talk about them, you know, there and talk about the look and the work and the promos. 
they should have, you know, at the time, WWE was showing interest in them at, at one point, and they should have wound up there. Whether it would have went well or not, I don't know. But they're good enough; they probably would have. I could absolutely picture them in like a at least an NXT, um, killing it and, and going forward. And you know, the thing that's kind of again, I feel like I'm glad we're recording this after the Warner Brothers have backed down now and allow allow a Mark Briscoe and Dynamite this week. I think that's just. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna moan about his opponents, I'm not gonna moan about any of it. I'm just thankful that they're giving that man, that human being, that moment and that family that moment. It's, that's you know, it's massive. Um, and I made up we're, we're getting that now. Obviously, at the time we recorded the weekend show, there was a lot of anger on, especially on my part and on your on your part as well, just about the you know, the whole business of even in in death, you know, not being able to do a proper tribute show for Jay. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't help but think some of the things you said there about the fact that they were a believable when against them when it came to this because they're real life stuff. And well, I even say stuff like that's overblowing it, you know, that tweet um, and a couple of other things of, you know, maybe part of the reason that they've never had that forgiveness maybe is that believability in part. But, you know, we've got to talk about it in in, in full, you know, that the. the you know, the, people know the story, you know, the initial, and I've got to say this, you know, we talked about this at the time, you know, it's the flare up when uh, the Fight Club Pro shows happened in mm-hmm. 2018. I've seen that, I've had that thrown at me on Twitter today. Um, yes, you know, Jay Briscoe tweeted, and there's no sugarcoating it, a horrendous thing. Now, what he tweeted was, uh, you know, we say this all the time, a boilerplate, Republican, shitty opinion, worthy of derision, of basically like his 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 core point was he didn't think gay marriage should be taught in schools. Unfortunately, there's a good chunk of the American electorate who believe that, especially Christian Americans, or at least believe that at that point, let's 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 allow people time to change and grow. Horrendous opinion. That would be bad enough. Made worse by the way he did the tweets. You know, he basically, you know, he said he if anyone tried to teach that to his kids in school, he'd shoot them. Like it was like part briscoe character part the real man tweet in this it was an awful tweet and i said you know i've I've said this a million times i'm old enough to have been around when it happens you know i was one of the people on twitter condemning him for it because it was horrendous like it was an awful awful thing to say you know driving hate you know anybody you know that affected absolutely you know hearts with them awful 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 thing to say what got lost in the conversation, I think, a lot of the time they came over here for Fight Club Pros, I think it was just younger fans who weren't aware of it in a lot of ways. Um, or maybe it just wasn't enough for them. But, you know, they did suffer consequences for that. Both Jay and Mark. And I, there should be a differentiation there between Jay and Mark. But, you know, they Jay had the ROH belt taken off him, was fine weeks, a couple of weeks' wages. He went to the ring and did an apology at the time, which I think just got lost the time because it wasn't... It's not an ROH show. People just didn't see it, you know, and people weren't aware that happened. Um, and you can say that was just an apology to suit the company because he was forced to go out the ring and apologize. You can choose whether, you know, how much weight you put behind that apology. But I think the thing you can put weight behind is in the years since... Like, this was clearly a man that did the work. This was clearly a man that grew. Like, you know, there were still people out there, even as recent as that last FTR match, you were like, well, he never apologized, or the apologies were never meaningful. Like, he apologized anytime it got brought up. You know, there's an interview that he did last year that where, you know, him and Mark are commenting on it, just say, you know, saying that, you know, they don't, you know, 
that those aren't their beliefs and that they, you know, have grown and that they, they you know, those, those words. And you say, you can say it yourself, JP, coming from like a religious family, you know, those, uh, they, mm. the words of the Briscoes, they thought they were defending the word of God or whatever by, you know, oh, yeah. by saying that gay marriage shouldn't be taught in schools in a horrendous, violent way. But they've come to grow and realize that that was bad. There are, you know, testimony from Ian Riccoboni, Effie, all kinds of people, um, you know, talking to the the character of Jay Briscoe and the fact that he had grew and that he had been an art, he just wasn't performative about it, which is probably something that I think I saw yeah. Vic say that that's that has hurt them. That he wasn't performative about you know this about growing and changing. He just did the work privately. I was an ally to people, you know, in his own life and the people he came across in wrestling, you know, in, in wrestling them um, locker rooms. You know, the amount of people who'd say he's the type of man who give you the shirt off his back. You know, there's all of that. You know, Osiris, one of our patrons. I'm not going to read his four words. It's mm. you know, I don't, I, I'd rather not. I don't know whether he wanted it to go out there, but he talked on our patron, patron about being around Delaware and seeing Jay Briscoe around, um, and you know, Jay Briscoe being very accepting and tolerant of him, and you know, friendly to him and supportive of him as a, an LGBT person. You know, and you've got to take these things into account, I think, and it's got to be a full picture. You know, I. I I understand, you know, the Fight Club Pro thing got thrown at me today. Yeah, that wasn't good. Like the, you know, people went there and, you know, you can say what you want about using Fight Club Pro of all places. Um, but, you know, people went there genuinely to protest the Briscoes being booked there. Can't say, you know, we didn't agree with it at the time, but understood where they were coming from. It got heated. Somebody waved a, a flag um in their face, um, a, a gay pride flag, and one of the Briscoes, and I was there live, and I saw it, and I still don't know whether it was Jay or Mark, used mm-hmm. the, used the, grabbed the flag off the fan who was waving it in his face and used it as a weapon. They were working heel. They'd been booed from the moment they came out, um, and they leaned into it, and you know that probably, I think anyone would say that wasn't the right call, and that's something that should be taken into account. But the whole picture should be taken into account, I think, and I think what's unfortunate about this entire situation is that for some, and I think it was less and less people as time went on, you know, were boiling down this, you know, inarguably good man, this good father, this person who has countless people, you know, who can attest to him and what a what a what a good person he was, were boiling it all down to a tweet. And even if that's still that's your position, you know, that that and even if you don't fully agree, I think you've got to allow room. For, I think got, if we're gonna take a lesson from any of all this stuff, yeah, it's about forgiveness. And I think I suppose you don't have to forgive, you know, Jay Briscoe for the tweet that he sent out, but I think we've got to be open to that and to forgiveness. Like we've got to be, we can't boil people down to the individual worst thing they did in their life, especially when it's, you know, something like this, where it's a mm-hmm. post that he wrote on the internet. Like, I feel like, you know, I think we've got to, there's something, there's nothing liberal about, you know, not allowing for the space for some kind of rehabilitation. And I think, mm. Whether people agree or not that, that Jay Briscoe was rehabilitated, then I'd be surprised with the info in front of us all now that anybody felt that way. But even if they do, I do think we've got to take a lesson here, JP, about forgiveness, about rehabilitation, and about, you know, yeah, yeah being willing to be tolerant ourselves. I think it becomes this, you know, um, the idea of sort of like growing in public and growing in kind of like, you, like you mentioned, your real life, your day to day. There were lots of horrible things about the Briscoes. We would have heard about them, and I know people can have a, a cynical viewpoint about it, but that stuff wouldn't have been able to hide if they were 
like horrible people. If if Jay Briscoe was being completely like performative about any apologies, but that never seemed to be the case. And I think, you know, completely agree. We've had these conversations before about these kind of rushes to being incredibly judgmental in ways that we wouldn't be about people in our own lives who we know are fucked up and flawed and perhaps haven't done good things. And you still find room for forgiveness and things like that. But we can, because there's an element of distance, it feels that people can do that. And it had consequences. They didn't get, because of these things, they didn't get the deal. So it becomes, Yeah, and for Mark. Somebody said that to me today. Somebody said to me today, well, Mark should have distanced himself from Jay. He should have distanced himself from his brother his because of brother. a tweet. You don't live in the real world. Yeah, you like, don't. Think about that in your real life. That makes for a good tweet to send out. Yeah. I've been victim of I've done it myself. Think about that in real life terms. Like, think about the fucking, your uncle at the at, at Christmas dinner. Think of your own family members. Think yeah. of the people in your lives. Think about these things in real life terms. Like, I've yeah. got to learn that lesson too, 100%. But like, Come on. We all work with people who have various kind of beliefs who, you know, it's, it's, we're not the sum total of what we decide to say, say is our, our, our views on a particular topic. And you can't boil people down to that. It's an incredibly simplistic and reductive and way. And views can change. Looking at people, exactly. Views can change. People can grow. Otherwise, why have like kind of, why try to have redemption? If the idea yeah. is this happens and it's easier to kind of do that. It, it's easier just to hate than it is just to forgive, which is always one of the things like it mentions, you know, uh, it mentions that is his wife in terms of pylons as well, where it's kind of like, okay, you know, people we mentioned, you know, people in, in the chat are mentioning, you know, in terms of like, actually I had thought this way and I would, you know, I had to change, I had changed my mind on it. You go, well, that's good. That's what the idea is, is life is a growth process and it happens over time and it doesn't happen in any kind of, you know, we don't do these things sort of screaming out loud. In fact, if anything, I'm very wary of people who tend to do those kind of very public kind of pronouncements about how they have grown as human beings. Like, because that, it's you not know. Weird, when, when he did it, it was like, well, he just wants, he wants to get on TV. And oh, I, like, I mean, no. yeah. <laughs> and it was, and it was like putting the perspective, like at this point now, if you're holding that level of a grudge of someone about a tweet to the point where you think that, their death in their death they shouldn't be celebrated and like near 10 years to go to when it was sent out i don't i think it's you with the problem and i think it hits that point where it's it's like it's an incredibly dystopian you know really illiberal point of view to kind of hold that you know and i don't want to make it you know it is one of these things people grow and they grow up and they yeah. learn actually when you're working with people a lot of the time, you don't have the same views and opinions, but you kind of make things work on that. And you realise that not everyone in the world has exactly your viewpoints and nor should they, but that doesn't make for a kind of good society. And that's not justifying what he said, but it's the idea that someone like that from a, from obviously, you know, a rural lad from Delaware is going to have that kind of, you know, a very religious upbringing. None of this is really necessary surprise. What's yeah. really great about it is he put the work in, yeah. and he was hot and he was highly thought of, and it's an absolute tragedy. And what you want to see is him being celebrated on the bigger stage, which he always deserved. Yeah. And in particular, when you think of of others who kind of get free passes by comparison, the punishment does not in any way, shape, or form 
ju- um, the justify the crime. Sorry, the yeah. crime doesn't in any way, shape, or form justify the punishment. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that at least, you know, to take a positive out of it, we've turned the corner this week. You know, I was ready to go mm-hmm. in. That was almost my lead, and I think that would have been wrong. You know, we had to, you, you know, can't forget the, all the yeah. positive stuff that the Briscoes did, you know, in their in their wrestling career, and also, you know, them and Jay, Jay specifically, you know, as a person and as a father and all the family stuff. That's the that's the lead stuff, and I think what's happened this week with 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 Dynamite and the fact that that Mark is going to be working that match has taken that bad taste, I think out of my mouth um you know because you can make all the comparisons you know dana white's on right after dynamite you know tyson's been on dynamite there are people who are you know on dynamite who were named in speaking out there are people on raw as rian says on the slap fight you know yeah you know flair hogan you know there's there's lots you can make all those points and and whatever and you know not every situation is the same and life isn't fair and life isn't equal but that would have felt really unjust if this wasn't happening i'm so happy they're doing that this week i think as you said, I think last week's Dynamite was a tough watch because this was just all so fresh and we got our hot one-footed, one-foot-out tribute show, didn't we? We got, like, the company wasn't really doing a tribute show outside of the graphic at the start, but the wrestlers were trying to. You know, the wrestlers had their armbands on and the wrestlers were doing references to the J, and it didn't feel right. And I do think, you know, next week's Dynamite will go some way to, to quell on that um, and, and, yeah, giving... Mm. You know, given the proper send off, I hope you know, those who can of the Briscoe family are going to be are going to be there as well to to cheer Mark on, and it's it's going to be massively emotional when it happens. Hopefully, this tribute show comes out as well. You know, I've got nothing but positive things to say about <laughs> Tony. I'm not slagging Tony Khan off for a few weeks, um, at least from a wrestling point of view. As, as a man, like Tony Khan, who's over and over again, unfortunately, had to deal with these horrendous. things my mind went right back to Brody Lee when the news was announced yeah. and how, you know, for the things we might say about Tony Khan from a wrestling point of view, both positive and negative, you know, these are the moments where he's shown himself as like a leader and he was then and he has been now. And, you know, he deserves all the credit in the world for that and for, for pulling off these shows. And, you know, that, I suppose that works as good as a segue as a counter, you know, this last week's Dynamite. Again, we're recording on Tuesday night here live, obviously yeah. that Dynamite is tomorrow, which is more on the front of mind for people, but, yeah, I don't know. Any any takes on Dynamite when you did finally get around to, to comfortably watch it? I think it feels a bit of a one-match show to me, but, you know, is, yeah. there, is there much to say uh, from your uh, from your point of view? Not really, because it's it's very, it felt incredibly disjointed. It's like the thing that we should be talking about, we're not talking about, or we're mentioning it quite minimally, and it's more the wrestlers that are saying it. So, you know, you don't feel like laughing along to lines or particular mm-hmm. things like that in there. They're, they're the kind of things where, you know, I just think I, I'm not kind of really enjoying it. It wasn't necessarily say that it was bad. It, it's, you know, the circumstances kind of dictated, I think that from a television perspective, a certain amount of us were just going to find this an incredibly hard watch, which mm-hmm. I ended up doing. But, I mean, the you mentioned a one-match show. <laughs> it's, uh, it's another... Brian Danielson banger, isn't it? And you put him in there with Bandido. It's not really going to um, have any surprise. I mean, I, I love the Takeshita match. This mm. very different. And Bandido, someone they brought in and had not really used at all, have they, in, in mm. any kind of substantial way. And this was this was a cracking match. It was. It was. It was. It was Brian getting to go out there and do 
Lucha, which he's always mm. talked about, hasn't it? It's something he wants the character with being mm. get to do. And he got to go out there and do it with Bandido. Like some of those reversals, that one where he bridged up on his uh, on his neck and kind of I know yeah. Bandido helped him up a little bit, but like that stuff and like you know, the kind of the sweet reversals they were doing in the first five or ten minutes. It it became a bandido match towards the end, which is uh, you know, not not for uh, not for everybody, and it became more of a, a shootout as it as it went on. But like, oh, it was just this is what you want out of Brian. Like I, I, I don't. As I think AW has been near perfect these last six to eight weeks or so. Like the week to week shows have been fantastic. The focus, as we've been talking about the last few weeks, on a smaller set of character, at least main characters, has worked at the expense of some, but it's worked in the main, so that's okay. Um, one slight negative for me is like I'm I still don't really believe Brian wants to be world champion. Like I'm not I'm just not that feud that's just I don't know, they need to do something to convince me he cares. But what this feud has given us is a positive and it's a massive, massive linchpin of these shows these last these last couple of weeks and hopefully going forward is the Brian singles match. It's like earlier in the year, you know, when yeah. when when Punk and Brian or into, into the year before last year, um, you know, we're having these killer matches, you know, these killer 15 minute matches. Brian Danielson isn't hard to book. Just throw him in matches. Even Brian Cage this week, I'm no yeah. real love for Brian Cage. He'll pull something out of it. Let's just do this forever. No, never mind, just for the yeah. MJF feud. This is what I want out of Brian, I think, at AW at this point. There was definitely a point where I wanted them near the top of the card. Maybe that's still the right move, you know, as far as a big name, big scalp that MJF can get um, in this. But the main positive for me is the fact that we're getting him out there killing it in matches because that's what Brian Danielson is. He's a wrestler and, yeah, give him what he wants. Give him, run through the entire roster. I don't care. Do it over there. Run his contract out doing this because I'll take this every week. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of like you think, I always bang on about how Dynamite should be like a, a, a television show. Well, here's the case where you've got a character who a lot of people love but often isn't used in perhaps the best of their ability. But in fact, what you're doing is each week you're giving them a scene where they're kind of kind of they're able to steal from it as well because you have like an interesting interaction or or so on and so forth. Like that for me, um, like is is becoming a staple part of the show. And I think the more it's become a staple part of the show, the better the ratings have done. I don't know if you can make a kind of direct correlation necessarily, but it's not like you know, I think it's one of these things where you kind of expect it from the show. You're going to get a killer match. It's generally going to invent it, end up involving him, and then you're probably going to have a good tag team match as well, which which we did this week uh, at, at the same time. In terms of, I still want to see him being used substantially. I don't think he'll be beating MJF. Obviously, I just I can't see why he would. You're trying to build the legend of of MJF as much as anything, and that big win is kind of that's that's kind of why you got a Danielson there, haven't you, for it? But yeah, I, I think that. this week just given a kind of overall atmosphere and everything else, it was probably the week where I was less into it, but I don't mm. know if, I don't think that's their fault necessarily. That's me and what I'm bringing to the table when I was watching this particular episode. Uh, I suppose the other big takeaways from the show, uh, Kashida and Darby in the main event. was another, mm. I say this was a one match show. That's unfair to them. They had a very good mm. match. You know, that counter that you know that everyone's talking about, uh, you know, the derby dive into the uh, into the arm bar was probably the yeah, you know, the main selling point there. 
Kishida coming in a bit cold, you know, maybe that tells the uh, the story of uh, of the rating there. But as a as a quality match, and you know, as Derby continues to to be featured strongly on uh, on AWTV, I thought that was strong. Um, don't know if you got takes on that. The other, so the other the main main story point, if if we're going through this briefly, is also the women's stuff. Don't know if you want to pop off on that in a sec as well. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the women's stuff, I'm completely bamboozled. What is the right decision? But the way they've got to it, like my god. But um, at the same time, like I think with like the main event, and Kish- I mean, Kashida's on impact this week, mm. isn't he? As well, I mean, it's just he's just in a state of everywhere prayer, except is he? New Japan, <laughs> everywhere except for New Japan, where apparently he is. But my God, like I, I almost feel to myself like I, I, I struggle watching his matches because I struggle seeing someone who is who has never changed as a character since yeah. the mid twenty tens is exactly the same. There's no like character progression and anything else. Now the TNT Williams moved on. It's it's a funny one, like the way the TNT title. I don't know, like just moving the title on to Darby Allen means that you can have a lot more of these matches, and I think that's it's it's an interesting thing about like when is he, you know, who's going to be that next kind of big challenger? I suspect it's Powerhouse Hobbs. I think that's that mm. would make sense of the kind of direction that that they are going in, but it's. You know, I like Darby Allen, except for this. We'll talk about the Noah show later on, where there was just like one of these people is very much not like anyone else in that ring. But <laughs> there's a reason why it kind of dived on that. The women's side of it, I I honestly don't have a clue. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and she'd put I, in some decent a decent shift for a bit as like kind of in a thankless role when she was champion after Thunder Rosa left. Now we've got to build up. We've got to delay the Britt Baker, Jamie Hater story. We've got a turn Tony Storm heel, like all for Soraya, who's like, has she done anything good since she played? No. Like, the matches are bad. Like that that tag match last week, like she couldn't have, you know, she couldn't have been more <coughs> exposed. Like she just looked several paces behind everybody else in the ring, and now she's dragging dragging everyone down with her because she's so unlikable that she's now a heel. Um, how to suit in the chat, um, but uh, yeah, she's just—it's just unbelievable. Um, that like, I don't—I got some pushback from from uh, from Braden and Davy because I was like, she's not even a level of star worthy of this. And they were bringing up the total divas thing, and she's got a lot of followers and the Twitch and stuff. So you know, maybe I'll temper that. I won't go that far, but I still question if she's worth it. Like, on that, mm. I just feel like I said it last week. She needs to go back to wrestling school. I feel like she needs to go back, like go to promo class, go back to like basic lockups. And go back to like learning how to put a match together because, or at least to keep up, it, it's it's more that like to keep up with the, this modern style. Because I'm, I'm starting to think I was I was quite harsh on her coming in because I was like ah you know she was good for divas era wrestling but she's not going to be up to the pace. But maybe she can get there. Maybe it's close enough. I didn't go far enough. She was a diva and she it was a myth that she was good. Um, she was maybe maybe passable for the time, but. As we've seen, you know, the AW women's division isn't exactly, you know, chock full of five-star matches every week. She's behind the pace on even that, and I just yeah. don't see it coming. I don't. And I think it's it's it, it feels like, well, it's just a, she's an incredibly bad fit there. Just doesn't work mm. whatsoever. I think there's too much kind of creative freedom. It's almost like she needs to be straight-jacketed into a role and how that mm. role should come across in order to get the best of her. And I don't think she can do it because... One of the things is coming in as a face and just never giving it, giving everything else, but like kind of spoiled 
like feeling very much like from the diva era. Like it was that kind of like kind of vibe to it as well. It's as if women's wrestling hadn't happened since that point. There hadn't been some element of a progression, but Mm. yeah, you you start to wonder what value there is. And I'm always very wary about the social media thing because we've seen this a number of times and really what impact has it had, whether it Mm. be, you know, the, those weird twins who do some wrestling or appear on TikTok, you know, Mm. only they're drawing in thousands of fans. It's, you know, or Paige Van Sant or Shaquille O'Neal. And you think of all the, all the social, it's not that because it's not focused around that. So they're not looking for that. This is just like a side hustle to them. So I often don't think that any of that social media interaction doesn't nearly mean as much in terms of actual kind of like interest necessarily. And, and it's, it just feels like a mess of a division. And it's almost like, can we just take her out of it? Focus on the thing that people like, which is the Jamie Britt stuff. And that's where you need to get to. Mm. Like you need to do something with that. We've had a lot of build on this. I would also say, I mean, I, you know, I feel like I'm completely retracting myself. Like there are people like Willow Nightingale, where I just Mm. think spend more time on her than anything Mm. with Soraya or have her like in there against Soraya to beat Soraya. But I think that's going to be part of the problem as well. I just don't think there's, yeah, the, the positives of her coming in of like, you find out straight away, is there a level of interest from her coming back? And you realise, well, actually, no, there isn't because it hasn't discernibly done anything in kind of ratings that she's been on. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, quick thoughts on Dynamite or Rampage? Did you manage to get Rampage in this week? No, I didn't manage to get Rampage Rampage in. Sorry? Too much Japan indeed. Yeah, bloody loads of Japan, mate. Um, No, I didn't manage to. I mean, what was... uh, I, I, I think I saw the results and I saw Action Andretti beat Daniel Garcia and I was like, oh for fuck's sakes. Because I have to no, say that's never happened. I'm I'm not liking him actively. He just feels like he gets thrown into this and it's detracting from Ricky Starks, who they'd done some work on, you know, to get to this point. And already it's become a clusterfuck, I think, with mm-hmm. the JAS. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is it's one of the things where like it, it Already it feels like a weird kind of he's feuding against everyone in there and, and they kind of mess up the I think they mess up the show as as, as much as mm. as anything. So yeah. He did get like the trousers done, Daniel Garcia though, as a as oh, okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I, I I mean there wasn't much to rampage this week. It was still a five week of TV, you know what I mean? I think the AW uh incredible run they've been on continues. Like I say, yeah. give give me a show what like Dynamite with uh with Brian and Bandido on and you know that's enough for me, you know, in a given week, even if it was a weird week. We also got the, you know, the, uh, we're missing the, you know, the books and uh, and top flight. That was uh, that was very good. Um, yeah, that was. That goes. Uh, Rampage was just there wasn't. It was one of those shows where there wasn't much happening. Although what did happen um, outside of that main event, uh, as you say, is we did get a weird Eddie Kingston segment, which I'm. My immediate gut reaction was uh, Eddie Kingston tail and heel of Rampage is not exactly a, uh, you know, what I say about like you've got to accept you can't push everybody and dynamite is, you know, focused on some main characters right now. And Eddie isn't one of them. I'm sad. He's not one of them, but I understand it. You can't push everybody at once. My worry that Eddie Kingston is never going to be slotted back in near that card is that he's turning heel on rampage. Although, you know, there's room there in this storyline for it to be, you know, uh, you know, a, 
not a real turn and it turns out that him and uh, Ortiz are trying to fool the house of black and they're gonna you know maybe Santana comes back oh, and it ends up being like a six man thing or so I don't know I'd take that I'm just hoping we're not taking this on uh, on face value because yeah Eddie Kingston turning <laughs> it's just yeah that is not the, uh, the 2023 start that I expected for it. Uh, Ready Kings, but actually, the more time has gone, I was really reading as far as it being a dreadful book. And I think I'm starting to feel a little bit like, ah, maybe this is so bad that it can't be true. <laughs> I suppose is what I'm, what I'm holding over. Yeah, I think it's, oh, Jesus Christ, he's just spinning his heels again. Mm. And it's just, mm. it's a feud which is pointless. Which just mm. the real question is, where's Santana? Why isn't he there? And they're not talking about it. And instead of talking about a few dispute between them, like, why has this all been brought up? It's like, let's give them something to do with each other. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, but it doesn't really add to anything. It's just a way of killing up space on a B show when yeah. I've made my thoughts very clear on what you should be doing with, with Eddie Kingston and how you could put him into a top line mix. And I know MJF wrote him down on that piece of paper. And it's like, I like, you'd want to heat him up, but Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, I'd sooner have him just like. Get, let him go to New Japan for a bit or something like that. Like mm. in that case, if you're just not going to use him, don't use him badly. Just like almost go, oh, okay, at some point he's going to come back and he's going to fucking mean something and he's going to deliver we'll a probably- killer promo. The thing is, he probably wants to do this. You know, he probably wants to knock around with Ortiz as Mason and get stuff with him, you know? Mm. Like, that's kind of probably, you know, a positive. It gives Ortiz something to do, but Ortiz just on his own without Santana feels lower mid-card, if that. And Kingston being attached to him hurts him. You know, a few comments there in the chat. Chris Platt saying, you know, how far he's fallen. Yeah. To Jericho feud. Yeah. You know, think about that first match is, unfortunately, I didn't get me uh, top 10 ballot in for voices, but that match is on my ballot and I expected a great year off the back of it. But once that feud ended, like, yeah, he torpedoed downwards. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like, as, as Suit says, you know, the House of Black trending towards Bray Wyatt, so you don't benefit anyone. Like, yeah, Alistair yeah. Black gets to do his spooky nonsense, but like, <laughs> it's not making for great TV, is it? They're everyone? a waste of time. And if this is the story, by the way, that they're pretending to hear here, it's just complicated for the sake of being complicated, isn't it? Like, you know, it's just like, it would be typical of a House of Black feud to, to be like that, where they're trying to turn them against each other because, you know, neither Eddie Kingston or Ortiz have ever watched the actual television show that they're on. Why? So they don't know the House of Black are playing mind games with them. It is. It's like, it's up there with, as Simon says, Ethan Page and Matt Hardy is the unfortunate turn off the TV end of, uh, of AW right now. But luckily, most of that Ethan Page, Matt Hardy stuff isn't happening on TV. I... <laughs> the House of Black have good matches, good trios matches, but they're a trios team with someone who is being touted as being put into a kind of upper mid-card into a main event mix, and they're not even interested in the fucking trios titles. <laughs> what is the fucking point? They're interested in, a, in two blokes, mm. what they're doing, after blinding mm. Julia Hart, for reasons. Yep. Just shits and giggles. They've been a waste of time, yeah. is, is what they've been, and... I'd say I like Brody King. I think Buddy Murphy's really good. I, I do think he's a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. This is an act is pointless. It's just, it's, yeah. it's pointless and they don't add anything to it. And I think they're at a point AEW where they'd gotten over the last few weeks of having stuff that kind of was more substantial in there. You know, like an Adam Cole coming back, but as a, you know, someone who they are going to want to put into the mm-hmm. top mix as a baby oh, person. Go, that's in like a new interesting dynamic. I can't wait. We to should be talking. Excited? Yeah, we should be talking about Malachi Black as a like top line heel. 
mm-hmm. and with Brody King and Buddy Murphy going after the tag titles. Nah, just mm-hmm. spitting fucking diesel in people's faces, and I couldn't give two shits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So there's the negatives, but like I say, overall, show's been good. I'm expecting a better Dynamite this week. I'm expecting mm. a more together Dynamite and a more yeah. Dynamite. Um, like the, the lads are saying in the chat there, Darby and Buddy, Buddy in isolation, it will be a good match, you know, regardless of, yeah. uh, of what we think there. There's uh, there's still plenty to uh, to look forward to, so we'll see what happens on uh, Dynamite and Rampage this week. But yeah, any other thoughts on, uh, on AEW before we move into uh, Happenings in Japan, JP? Well, the only other thing I wanted to say is we have no update on when the Jay Briscoe special they recorded uh, this is is coming out. That's the one thing I think we are yeah, waiting for. Weird that, moment, isn't it? Oh, okay. Weird that as well. Now that now that yeah. we're getting dynamite this week with the mark match and all of that, almost feels like that's going to take precedence as like yeah. the Jay Briscoe uh, tribute thing. Um, yeah, I wonder when that's coming out. Yeah, because I kind of feel like. That's one of the things that I want to see, not because I've got some massive, like as a show, it feels like that's the kind of where the cathartic experience is as much mm. as anything. But then you hope that we get that um, tomorrow for Dynamite. Yeah, like I say, Dynamite looks uh, looks decent. So we've got the, uh, the obviously the uh, the Mark Briscoe versus uh, Jay Lethal match, uh, Jungle Hook versus Ethan Page and Mahardy. Speaking of our favourites on the show, Darby v Buddy, Tony Storm v Ruby v Britt Baker um, in a three way, uh, the Acclaimed um, and the Guns doing a family therapy segment, Mark and Jay match, Jericho and Sammy against Ricky Starks and Action Andretti and Brian Cage v uh, versus Brian Danielson. Watch Danielson get a four-star match out of Brian Cage. I'm excited for that. Yeah. It'll be like, uh, like PWG all over again. Big Dave will be uh, running out of space in his notebook. Um, yeah. He yeah. does it, though. Okay, it you can. Danielson can do that, and Brian Cage is good enough as a big guy for him to be able to do that. So I've, I'd actually... I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up around that four-star range. I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. Definitely. Well, JP, to Japan. Um, mm. <laughs> lots going on uh, over uh, over that way uh, this last weekend. Do we start with Muta? Is that the uh, is that the lead here? There was obviously his retirement show, New Japan versus Noah. Um, obviously, New Japan had a standalone oh. show with a match that was so bad that Chris and I gave it 0.25 stars uh, this week. <laughs> uh, but a lot of watch the entrances uh, about that. <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> just that's it. Don't bother yeah. with the match. Waste your time. Retirement. Yeah, it's. I, I really enjoyed on the uh, on the New Japan versus Noah show, like Kevin Kelly just outright burying Muta the entire night, and like Muta was like at one point a few meters away from him, <laughs> he was still at it, and then when he got in the ring to challenge Naito, he was like, "Oh, here he goes! Oh, last match is it? It was full on. Like he's, he's saying all the things we're thinking, but you don't say it. Good. But apparently, apparently Kevin Kelly does. <laughs> it was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. I did, it's oh my god, I, and I'm fearing how long the stalling is going to take between him and Naito when they have that mm. match at the Tokyo Dome as well. That's going to be an absolute stall fest in there. I don't know if you want to talk. I mean, because of the Noah show, the only thing I have watched is that main event, which is fucking awful and plodding. And mm. apart from Hakushi, who puts in a sterling effort to bump and bleed and take everyone, that was cool finishes, to see. That was really cool to see. His retirement tour, on the other hand, or him being brought over for some dates, yes, please. Get Jinsei Shinzaki over there. Like, I'm sorry, I think you get some fucking mileage with him in 2023. Mm. Like, I don't know how old he is at this stage. Let's just assume he's in his early 50s. Either so, he's in, like, he's in good nick. I know he 
like did the walk around and he did fall off at one point, but you know, he's holding on to Muta for the love of Christ on here. But this, mm. yeah, it, it was, it was very weird. Darby Allen looking completely weird and out of place at that. Young boy Darby Allen. <laughs> the entrances, the Hakushi entrance was great. I mm. thought the sting starting off with his WCW music and then the mm, photos of him cool. and Muta into um leading into then um uh you know muto coming out and it did three thousand more than the show that we're gonna talk a lot more about in a in a minute in terms of the mm. New Japan versus Noah show. So mm. that's kind of slightly odd. Like mm. I, he's not going away. Like this feels <laughs> like Rumble. Yeah. I'm fully expecting him in the Rumble. Mm. Like, I really yeah. am. Like he's done these bits. It's his It'll be his WWE send-off, even though he never like properly wrestled for them or anything else. But he is... I can't see why... Of course you'd have him going to the Rumble. Oh, fuck. I just remembered. He was at Grand Slam as well, wasn't he? I was trying to picture where I saw yeah. him. He did AEW as well. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Well, I love him and hate him. Like, complete cunts, but what a worker. Yeah, this the, this main event just felt like... like I joked before, you know, I was watching him in prep for Poison Rana. And couldn't even get through the entrances before that show started. But that was kind of the main thing to get to see those entrances. Like, I was a ma- like Hakushi in the 90s, like, blew my mind, you know, as far as watching him on Superstars or whatever with Brett and One, Two, Three Kids and even the team, the Barry Horowitz stuff. I've got a, a yeah, he was your come like, down juice stuff. after Muto went back, Muto went back to Japan. Oh, but, all yeah. right, we've got this bloke, he'll do for a bit. And he was I remember ar- better than that. I remember arguing with my dad that the tattoos 56. were real. Six. <laughs> is that all he is? Yeah, I remember how you being like, "Oh no, the time that was like he just draws them on." I was like, "There's no way he draws them on before every match." Those are real. Twelve-year-old Benno was convinced of. I was wrong. Um, yeah, fifty-six, insane. But like, he he looked great. I'd love to see him like over in the US. Put him in there with uh You know, it's not like he's going to be out there having five-star matches. But I bet FTR Ball did the it killed to do his best Bret Hart impression uh, and have a match with him. Maybe there, uh, maybe that could happen. But yeah, impact run. <laughs> Get him in there against Josh Alexander. Why not? They do everything wacky like that. Oh, but yeah, the match was all spectacle, wasn't it? it was those yeah. entrances, the big, you know, Kabuki entrance as well. Um, it was all of that, really, wasn't it? It wasn't really yeah. about the in ring. You know, there were some nice spots with. It was cool to see Sting working like a Japanese style tag, and you know, bumping off the apron, you know, for and making the big saves and stuff like that. And rem- I'm sure remembering, you know, his uh, his younger days um, when he was uh, when he was doing uh, doing the the other uh, little uh, Japan trip out there, but. Yeah, um, there wasn't much to say from an in-ring point of view. The commentary, I felt like there was a bigger clangor than um, calling NXT next on this one. Did you hear when um, yeah. when Sting got the Scorpion Deathlock on? And I, I don't know which one of them it was, called it a Boston Crab. And the other one, I think it was Pickering, got to be like, oh, no, that's um, he's got the leg in the middle, so that's a that's a Scorpion Death. I was like, oh, yeah, he's got the leg in the middle, so it's a... It's like, you don't know that's what Sting's move is like. <laughs> I mean, they do a fucking good job of convincing you they know anything about wrestling when it comes to Japanese. So maybe they just purely only watch Puro, but like that was weird. Like that was a weird mo- even if, even if you just called it a sharpshooter, at least I'd be like, okay, you yeah. know what that is. Like, well, like if you've you never be seen it before. Snarky about it, go, oh, it's Ricky big Ricky Choshu fans like Carino said. There you that go. Yeah, it's yeah. just like you throw that into the mix. That was absolutely like, bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it was like one of these things where it feels like, thank God that's done. 
we've mm. got that out of the way. Can we get through to this last match and then just fucking leave it? It's so funny the news story that came out today that uh, Meltzer said that uh, that <laughs> Muta's first request <laughs> is that he wanted to work the Rock for a retirement match. I mean, of course, I want to, I want to work the Rock. <laughs> to be honest, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'd love it, but like it's not going to happen. Muta, it's not going to happen for you either, mate. You, the Rock is not coming out <laughs> to work you for your retirement match. So like he's going, all right, nah. fine, um, Naito. Then apparently he wasn't interested in doing Okada or Tanahashi because he's put them over all already so that young whippersnapper naito he's gonna get the uh the rub um from you so yeah just absolutely hilarious what a bloke he is yeah he's um he's king of the, he's king of the piss takers really at this mm. point and he's like streets away for, for just like fucking dragging this out for as long as he mm. has beyond mm. all kind of like comprehension mm. it's not fun to watch i mean no. what you know and that and that's fun one of the about. It's it's something that's there to talk about. It's getting, it is drawing bigger than what they normally would do. If you think about it, like they did near, did near ten thousand a Budokan with him versus Nakamura. This did eight and a half. They'll be happy with all of like kind of um, that stuff. I mean, what I would say about the Noah commentary team, they fall back a lot on the same cliches a lot of yeah. the time and that has become very very tiresome there's a point where it's like stop saying release the crack and learn the moves yeah yeah I thought they were shit before it was cool to say that but anywho um, I was just they were good but they got lost down entirely the wrong track of the kind of commentators they were meant to be they just spoke English <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good line in the stand. It's like, you know what? I'll take that. <laughs> At least there's people speaking English telling me what's going on. Like that's, yeah. uh, that that was the extent of my praise for them back in the day. But oh well. I've got I've got I've got many feuds going on with Japanese uh, wrestling commentators. Did you see any uh, I mean, what would you give that match? Two and a half stars, like at best. Um uh, any other notes on that or the rest of the show? Nah. Um two stars. It's more noticing who they, the kind of people that they're using and everything else. So it's more mm. that they're having, um, you know, Jack Morris is there and the like. And, you know, mm. but it's it, it still as a show because obviously there wasn't like kind of much of a kind of hook of on the undercard for it. It wasn't really something. Was gonna... I'm sure Suit was enjoying it, loving it in the chat. Give yeah. me a star rating, Suit. Yeah. <laughs> on Timo, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It was one. Well, it was a yeah. one match uh, show, wasn't yeah. it? But, yeah, and he, uh, I mean, that that was uh, the the I suppose the big Noah show, the other big Noah show, uh, Noah versus mm. uh, New Japan. Plenty of news uh, coming out of uh, yeah. coming out of that one. Uh, great matches we can talk about. Uh, decent undercard action we can talk about. But I think we're going to start in one place. And that's the uh, yeah. The, the non-match. Yeah, fuck me. Like, this is how you do a non-match, by the way. Raw this week, they tried to do it with the cage match, but with a shit angle and then a, uh, a troll <sighs> job. This is the way you do it. And with, I can, you know, Jamesy said, oh, you know, they're still going to have an actual match and the politics will still be at play. So, okay, yes. But, like, Kiyomi and Akada, like, for a tag that I wasn't really that interested in and kind of had, had half on in the background, I was watching it live at the time and wasn't uh, wasn't that arsed about it. Lit a fire in his belly, like the, the kick from, if anyone hasn't seen it, the kick from Kiyomi to, to Akada's <laughs> head looked every bit of shoot and the blood looked every bit of shoot as well. And, you know, they had Akada follow him to the back, to the outside and then you know attack him on the outside that felt like a shoot with the fucking hammer blows he was he was firing on a on, on Kiyomiya but 
more than that, it was, you know, not even the, you know, trying to convince me it was real stuff. It was the genuine emotion it brought out of Okada. Like, he felt like, I haven't felt this invested in Okada in, like, three years. And, like, you know, the, that yeah. was great. He cut a promo as well, purely in Japanese, but swearing at a cameraman. That was great. Like, None of this fire in the Jay White feud going to Wrestle Kingdom, but we got it here, and you know what? Fuck it, I'll take it. And all of a sudden, you know, Kimi was one of my top draft picks in the uh, in the other uh, world transfer window last last year with the lads. Um, I, I got him in to face a card, and unfortunately, I couldn't get a card, so I got Naito instead. But you know, one of my boys, um, if I can have a boy in, in Noah. And like I'm massively into this match now. I don't even care about some bullshit. Like it feels like a legitimate mm. blood feud now, unlike. The Okada J White Wrestle Kingdom match, which was a great yeah. spectacle match, and Okada's been doing that for year upon year. This felt like something massively different out of him. It is, and it completely aren't they doing this at the Tokyo Dome? They're doing this at the yeah on the Muta show. Muta, Muta show. So the GHC champion versus the IWGP champion, which makes the whole Shingo match feel like a bloody afterthought, and and the rest of it, and you're like, oh god, like which is. Mm-hmm. In some ways, not great, but at the same time, you're hyped for this. Mm. Oh, I, I fucking loved it. I, I just absolutely loved it. It was just mm. the idea that for the like Kaya Kiyomiya just going out and going, fuck it, I'm going to make it about me. And he just mm. kicked him in the face. And when was the last time you saw a card like that? Mm. And I'm really thinking to myself, it might be when he cried after he lost to Tanahashi mm. and he was walking back. Um, mm. What's that like? Sort of twenty? I want to say twenty eighteen. I'm not mm. entirely sure. I get confused. It might be twenty sixteen. Like just one of those kind of things where it was just how fucking pissed off. How much they launched into it, and it was like, right, we've got five minutes to sell this match. No one gives a shit about Inamura versus Makabe. Mm. And I thought, I mean, the commentary at times was kind of like. I thought Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly did the job of, hey, you know, we're going to get into this. And then they were playing hometown and were saying, well, Kiyomiya caused all of this and he was being a dick, being booed out of the building, which in wrestling is no bad thing at all. Like mm. it brought out like that hardcore New Japan like mm. fan base who love Okada, mm. real like kind of shit-eating reaction. When we get onto the politics the simplest way is the best way with this, which is 60 minute draw mm. because they both can do it. Now you may mm. not think that's, uh, is that necessarily like the greatest thing, but you're thinking if you're Noah, that's the best thing you want. Mm. Like, cause no one's going over anyone. Just have it as a draw and it puts mm. them on parity and Kiyomiya gets to show that he's great in a ring and a carder mm. gets to go in there as like, Oh, all right. This is the guy he's being thought of as like the big ace in the other company kind of on the idea that they want to put him on a similar trajectory to which he's on. It's fucking mm. great. This was like a proper angle is what I saw yeah. Alvarez say. It was a proper fucking angle. Yeah. Like, uh, like she says in the chat, I almost woke up the house when Carter went into it. I was the same way, you know, standing up, shouting at the TV. Um, yeah. Suit says there, Kimia could go over clean, you know, a car that can get it back later. That we ballsy. I love the, I love the uh, Carter interview where he was talking, what did he say? Something like, you know, when you're a professional, you don't watch like amateur sports. It sounded like uh, Ashton Smith when he got his uh, 15 grand from NXT UK when he was like, well, yeah, once you're a Premier League player, you don't you don't go and play Sunday League, do you? It's like fuck off. You're not a Premier League player. You wrestle for NXT UK, mate. Bit more believable when it comes out of a uh, 
Akada's mouth. Um, yeah. Like, I love that. It feels real. Akada's literally saying, I'm not going to wrestle him. Fuck off. I don't care that you've advertised it. He's beneath me. This is beneath me. This isn't part of my contractual contractual obligations. I'm sure we'll get to the match and it'll happen. But I love that too. If he, mm. Akada feels gotten to. That's genuinely like the, the takeaway. Yeah. Which is great. And you want to see him get gotten to for it. And it was like, you think about what this show was. Like, I mean, I wasn't necessarily like massively invested in the Congo LIJ thing other than really the top two matches. And then mm. unfortunately the way that the three kind of worked out before he went, Oh, right. I can kind of see where this is going to end up going. Um, mm. But something like this gave it a massive talking point building towards a big show where there is something that we don't see often, you know, which is champion versus champion in a big, you know, at the dome, for God's sakes. And I'm not talking about fucking, you know, two different IWGP champions or other bollocks is there or unified champions. Like, properly like GHC versus IWGP. And they're both outstanding athletes. And Kia Mia hasn't had a chance to go in against the kind of level of opponent that Akada is. So, like, I'm kind of optimistic that, like, this is going to be the thing of, like, right they have the potential to put on something that could be great. Not yeah. like just an idea that you've got these two big figures, but I think the match can really deliver and Kiyomiya is going to go, right, the idea of this is let them fucking boo me. I will win them round by the end of the night. Like, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. It has to go on last, but obviously it won't because it's fucking, you've got Muto versus Naito, which That's if you're nice. knackered after that one, yeah, you'll be, you'll be <laughs> probably asleep. I'd have thought if you're in the dome at that point when those two go out there after the amount of fucking stalling you're going to see for the first 35 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, they're the two uh, big news stories uh, coming out of the show. Like, it's like, you, like you said earlier, made up the show started with the uh, with the Jay Briscoe tribute with uh, with uh, mm. with uh, Tanahashi and uh, who else was in the ring? It was uh, on Marafuji. Um, Marafuji, the, uh, yeah. With the little uh, with the little photo, so that was a really really nice touch in there. And a tell ten bell salute, but yeah, as a show, um, where do you want to start match wise? The two big ones, maybe. Um, the yeah, LJ Combat series ones. was as a whole was very good, wasn't it? Mm, I thought it was. I mean, it was the most sensible kind of concept. Now, like I say, it did five and a half thousand. I think it was like seven thousand last time, but that's let's face it. Last time, this was the kind of selling point, and they they did it this way around with an easier way of having it faction versus faction as opposed to having like title versus title and stuff like that. We obviously they're doing that or like champion versus champion, that kind of a series. I thought the series was generally very good. I thought the Nakajima and uh, a Shingo match was the, was the best of them, but like the Mm. kind of shit kicking there. Although I have to say, I kind of enjoyed Hajime O'Hara versus Hiromu Takahashi. I thought that was like quite a... Midfield Dynamo, Jamie O'Hara. Give him his full yeah, title. Yeah, thought he did well. Like, and you know, it's, it's good on talk sport for letting him go over to, to work <laughs> work this this card there as well, rather than being dragged over the coals by Laura Woods because he simply refuses to accept anything good about Arsenal whatsoever. <laughs> You're learning it the fucking hard way this year, aren't you, Jamie? Um, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was probably the the... The issue I had about Shingo versus Nakajima was probably the fact that Manobu Soya went over Sonada mm. and they were 2-1. And I went, well, if you want Naito versus Keno to mean anything, Shingo has to win. Yeah, And that's the thing. 
you don't need to be a fucking rocket scientist to work that out. Like, you know, you follow any kind of sports, you're able to work this stuff out. Um, And I think that was, that was one of the kind of issues, but what did you want from it? Shit kicking. Yep. Um, Charisma. Yep. Did you want to see some really big near falls? I thought there was a, there was a great one off like the vertical, uh, vertical spike from, from Nakajima. Mm. You know, I thought the presentation of, Congo and LIJ was something that was probably as much the kind of selling point because all of LIJ have their kind of big entrances and and, and the rest of it. But I thought like, and the fact he was only 18 minutes because mm. my issue was with Naito Keno, there was a fair amount of, oh, we're having to put on something reasonably long. And I was, I was kind of flagging. I ended up going like three and a half. It's not like I thought it was necessarily bad. And I like, I really like Keno and I've grown to like Keno a lot. It's just that mm-hmm. Naito doesn't really interest me. I think it would have been a more interesting dynamic if Congo had gone over. But I wonder if in exchange for having Akada on the, um, on like the dome show for, mm. for Noah, is this the trade-off where we have to have them lose here mm. on here? But it felt like a bit, deflating to see both Keno and Nakajima lose. You would have wanted to see one of them win. Yeah, I thought that. Like, Understandably, you know, LIJ are going to win overall. But I would have thought they'd be creative with having, you know, not having the two matches that everyone's going to be re- remember. Also be the two bit LIJ won as well. Um, I think that is a, is a bit of an issue. But I don't know. The matches were so good that I think it'll be fine. You know, Shing- Shingo and Nakajima was the pick of the lot for me. Like, yeah. I absolutely love that um you know the the big counters and the big hits in that one like i thought it was just it was your typical great shingo match but it's just cool seeing these guys mix it up with people you wouldn't expect them to see them with you know i, I think i went 4.25 on shingo nakajima mm. and go four on naito keno that was another one you know i'm not the biggest naito fan in the world if anything he's just a you know i know the can absolutely recognize he's one of the most popular wrestlers in Japan and is very over and people like him a lot. I just personally find him a bit boring. Um, even if he can go out there and, and have these great matches, you know, it's a bit like a bit like what you said about Kushida earlier. I just, just mm-hmm. feel like I've seen it um with Naito, yeah. but you know, I know that's probably a minority view as far as people who uh who follow these shows. But yeah, Naito Kano was great because it was Naito in there with somebody again you don't see him in there with. And I think that I think that what I love about these shows is it's that you're watching just people who've you know been trained in different places who work different people all the time coming together and, and interacting. It's like, oh, what would that look like? You know, if I actually got to got to see that match. Sorry, JP. It's the whole point of interpromotional battles, isn't it? Is you're creating a dynamic that's completely new and completely fresh. And mm-hmm. this is the most natural pairing off the two most charismatic factions that they have. And Keno and Naito being entirely different characters it's just that for me i'm much more interested in investing in keno because there's this whole kind of real chip on his shoulder about someone who isn't kind of recognized um but at the same time i think you know it, it is the kind of thing where there is an audience for it like this is almost like this is an extra show for them an extra five and a half thousand and however many bought the pay-per-view on it so they're going to view it as pay per view on a streaming service. Never like that. Yeah. One. I didn't like, I mean, the fact that it's Wrestle Kingdom as well. Like, it's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not really Wrestle Kingdom, is it? Uh, no. Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama just, Arena. It's like, is it really? It's really? a crazy idea. New Japan versus Noah. How about that for a title? Kind of mm. summarizes all of it, isn't it? And it has its own, like, kind of se- aspect of uh, of selling on there as well. But yeah, 
this is the kind of thing, like, at least we got it this time round. Mm. We did have, like, kind of a lot more interesting interactions. I mean, there were people on the undercard from Noah who, you know, people like Amakusa, who's the junior champion, who's just come back from Excursion. I thought, like, you know, in terms of, I thought I thought he was kind of interesting. It was good to see Despi in a singles match. I don't like Yohei mm. kind of uh, uh, at all. But it's it just bodes well that they were mm. able to have these shows. They mm. showcased everyone. It wasn't the idea of like kind of burying Noah, even if I do have my grumbles about how that kind of series ultimately ended up, ended up with the results. Mm. And it will have done good business for them. So mm. I think this is almost in everybody's interest to kind of carry on doing this. However, what is noticeable is not those 50-year-old lads when it comes to this New Japan versus Noah, they're fucking nowhere, aren't mm. they? Where's yeah, Fujita? You'd have not to put a sh- shift in, wouldn't you? <laughs> not yeah. doing that. <laughs> Masakatsu Fanaki, who was in Congo. Nah, yeah. just not doing it. Like, mm. it, I, Honestly, because that's the problem, is they've picked up the Dosa 50-year-olds, not even mm. like a Hakushi 50-year-old mm. as well, who would have been mm. like... You know, he put in a shift, wouldn't he? Yeah. You want to see more of this stuff? You want to see more? But that, I mean, the, yeah. the, the counter to that is you want to see the Congo guys position. You want to see Shingo and Nakajima knock seven states of shit out of each other and, you know, bring all their charisma to the table. You want to see, you know, Naito and Kano as like two quote unquote leaders kind of go back and forth. You, this is what a positive foot to start on for Noah for the year for 2023. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was deriding the, uh, the, the Noah, the Noah period of grapple where Gareth was trying his best, but the, uh, the booking was definitely uh, fighting. It was like, he was like, it's like piss, spit, pissing or spitting into the wind that he was trying to, trying to force through, but it was uh, the blowback just kept coming uh, until he eventually gave up. This feels like another one of those periods though. What a great jumping on period. This could be for Noah, you know, what a great exhibition it was, you know, for those guys, for the Congo guys, you know, you know, for it, for a JBR, for the jokes, you know, for it. even Jespi and Yohei, like you said, hey, I really enjoyed that as well. That was a good spot for for Yohei, who's someone I'm not massively familiar with. Like, there's plenty to push forward with here. You've turned so, heel or face about 16 times in the next. It's used as the champion time. by the time by the time we next talk about Noah. Like that feels unlikely, but is it that unlikely? <laughs> well, something daft, something daft. They could do something stupid. They'll shoot themselves in the foot. There's too much goodwill in the air. I think there is. I mean, if if there's one thing about Noah that you can kind of go on at the moment is production value wise and how they present characters is fucking great. It really is. It's tremendous. Their promos and stuff before matches, they're better than New Japan's. I loved New Japan's style of like building up matches, but like, you know, using the kind of classic archive footage and everything else. That was absolutely fucking great. Mm. I think the thing is, is that the issue I've had is, is there's people that they should have been having around that top mix who need to be there. But we're coming out of this show talking about Kaito Kiyomiya. That's a big, big, big positive because that's the guy you want as your ace mm. and someone who is when he's in a big match against the Carter, I'm pretty confident he's not going to shit the bed mm. like this is someone who's going to actually mean something from a business perspective they've had a very good January by their mm. standards they've had two very big shows they'll mm. consider them to be financial successes mm. Where does it go from here with New Japan are they going to do another one of these are they going to like I mean obviously we've got the thing at the Tokyo Dome, I think that dictates where some of the relationship is. You want to be really interesting. You put a Keno or a Nakajima back in a G1, mm. stuff like that, or have them, ch- I don't know, 
you could you could have them come in and challenge for a title. Mm. That would be absolutely fascinating if Keno came out and challenged like Akada. With the mm. idea, you know, you could do one-off stuff. Remember Marafuji coming in, doing a G1, then having great yeah. match with Akada on the here. first night. Yeah. And then King of Pro Wrestling, they had a rematch, another belt-in match, and it was just like two matches, and that was it as a storyline, yeah. but it completely served the purpose. I'd and, love to see that carry on. That add some light yeah. to the G one. Have some no have some no lads. What's this weird tournament Aromu's doing where it's got like thirty seven million wrestling companies involved with it? Like that that sounds funny. Like that sounds fresh. I don't understand why don't understand why Hiromu's in charge, but like you know, there's all these fresh things going on in there in that part of the world. Well he looked like with his entrance he was being attacked by the cordyceps out of Last of Us. Uh, which is a phenomenal series. That's the unit, like yeah, that. but I guess a reference. <laughs> it is. Like it really is. He's he's he had them on there, isn't it? It's just these uh fucking eyes, you know, like your man out of big like that remember that little A thing out of a load of eyes in it in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Kurt yeah, Russell yeah. shoots it and it fucks off around the way. He eventually stabs it. He's stabbed by Kurt Russell's mate. I don't know, as I don't as know someone who's got limited time for zombie adjacent programming, should I still give this a go? I've not played the game either. Yeah, definitely do it. Okay. I thought you could hear noises from it because my sons are playing the game as we speak <laughs> on there. And it's great. And my son was playing with his girlfriend. All he could hear was, there was screaming going on, which mm. normally you'd be quite worried about if you're hearing it, but you realise, oh, no, they've just gone into a blower. It's brilliant and the game's amazing. But the TV series is, we're only two episodes into it. Apparently the one coming up this week is the kind of big one. Maybe let three or four go by and then mm. just binge those. And I think then you'll, You'll like it. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. Brilliant. Anyway, sorry, yeah, no, uh, New Japan. Anything more on New Japan? Did you manage to watch the New Japan show from the day after, or any other thoughts on the uh, on the Wrestle Kingdom um, undercard? Um, I was trying to think, look through the the Wrestle Kingdom undercard on there. No, I mean, I don't have necessarily. I'm never watching other... that thing a pro wrestler match from the New Japan show ever. No, like I just heard it. Good, it's I so fucking bad. I don't. I don't want to see that Shingo. Nah. <laughs> see have a have a have a comedy match. No, thank you. Yeah, bollocks to that. No, no chance of me watching. Looked shit. Oh, nah, haven't got time for that. I sooner would have snuck in MLW if I'd had the choice, but obviously yeah, this weekend luck, yeah. it was my girlfriend's birthday. So mm. it was like a kind of a big birthday weekend of like kind mm. of a surprise party Sunday, like Arsenal man, you frankly, and various other kind of relatives coming around. Then Monday it was like another dinner la- last night going out and, and the rest <laughs> of it. So it's, it's like today is the first day. It was like, okay, I need to fit this in. And you yeah. hear about a match that bad, and you think there's no fucking way I'm, I'm watching that. <laughs> Long few days in the in the Hulahan uh, household. Oh, yeah. uh, well, do you manage to get anything else in? Anything else we, we uh, that you've seen uh, from this last week? Anything else you want to comment on? Anything? I, I haven't. I feel like I should be commenting on wrestling news. I mean, I can go on to the daily update, which if you haven't heard, is on the free feed as well. As if you want yeah, an experience uh, of those on there. I was trying to say there is a couple of things. All right, I'll throw those on the. The day on there, I, I called raw raw XXX filth results uh, on, on there as much as as anything. They don't open themselves, are they? Like it literally sounds like a porno. Like it just it does. <laughs> oh, I've got nothing more to say on that than I said at the start. Really, it was just yeah, it was the Steve Austin at Mania. Ah, don't. I think there's probably smoke to that fire. But it's not like I think apparently the pitch was broch. That match isn't happening based on uh, based on what happened on Raw. Him and Rome, they've got to be careful with this this Roman stuff. Like I honestly think 
it's not quite Brian Danielson in 2014, 15, or whatever it was. Like it is, but it's getting close because like they're going so heavy handed on the Cody stuff. And you know me, I love some American hero Cody. And if they also are going a you know a rock Austin type of celebrity match, like retired wrestler match for Roman. I think that it's been a while since the fans have turned on that product. It was almost like they got it beaten out of them. Vince coming back as well. I can just feel something in the air, you know. I could imagine if they go too heavy-handed with Cody at the Rumble, or they go too heavy-handed with a you know Roma match that isn't Sammy. Like even those, like you know, I think the the, the WWE fans that are left don't seem to have the the fight in them at the the people had during the Yes Movement. But I just feel like there's um. Just it's probably the wrong way to go. I think at this point you've got to go with that that Sammy Roma match. I think that should be at WrestleMania now, at least one of the days. It should be, but you've just mentioned him. Vince is back, and mm. I just think he's going to look at this at this, mm. the Rumble. Be where he looks because obviously it's one of those things. He's gonna he is going to want to change it that day of the show. We're going to hear a variety of stories about how it was chaos back there and it hadn't been chaos and talent was dismayed because they'd been feeling positive about going to work and then the Royal Rumble was an absolute, you know, I think we're going to end up with a bit of that. I think that's one of those situations we're going to end up in and it makes me feel that they are going to move away from it because we've seen, because he's back and he's a fucking idiot. Mm. Vince is back, he's a fucking idiot. He'll make change for the sake of change and he'll be bollocks. Like I have zero faith in him sticking to it as well. And I think he looks at like, uh, you know, the idea of positioning Brock in there against someone like Steve Austin. No, we should be doing Brock versus Lashley. I don't know. What was it? Brock versus yeah. Gunther was the Mm -hmm. thing that was spoken about. That's what you should be using him for. That was the idea of actually we've had as Mm -hmm. much juice at this bloke in there against Roman Reigns until there is someone else who isn't Roman Reigns as champion. We can't put him in there. We need to use him in other feuds. And I know he's like, he only wants to work big blokes mm. for the most part, unless they're like incredible wrestlers. Otherwise, he's not going to take it remotely seriously. So like a match like that, and considering Austin's physical state, no. It's a miracle mm. Kevin Owens got what he did out of it. Yeah, I think they'll be tempted to do something with us, and I just don't know what it is. Mm. Um, I think Cody Roman's probably what they're going to do, but I, I would prefer Cody Cena. I've said that a few times, but I think Cena's mm-hmm. going to be doing something with Austin Theory instead. Like Rian says, yeah, Gunther was the comedy foil for the old age pensioners last night. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I've got to say, he's been booked very strongly and uh, to everyone's surprise, to be honest. So, yeah, there we go. Um, but then again, yeah, Vince isn't in charge again. Anyway, J- JP, um, you know, uh, Nick Khan said he's not going to be on TV um, at this moment. So, got to believe shit. that. He'll be there, man. He's settling more multi-million dollar, uh, uh, you know, uh, settlements with uh, people like Rita Chasten for, for, you know, just for the, the, he just couldn't be bothered to, you know, fighting it at court. He couldn't be bothered with the expense of a long legal trial, you know, um, mm. nothing, there, nothing fishy there. Yeah, it's a yeah, quiet just... week, you know. We haven't, uh, you know, but we don't have much to say on the on the Vince stuff. It's kind of uh, since obviously the Rita Chasten thing was the big thing that happened just after. Mm. Uh, Spotlight drop last week that we talked on the uh, on the weekend show, but yeah, it's been a bit of quieter little period. Though. Yeah, I, I, I dread what's coming. I think next week is what's going to come. As soon as we get towards this Raw Rumble, mm. he'll be thinking this is the stuff that sets the stall for Mania. What does he want for Mania, mm. and how much does that clash with what Triple H wants? Mm. And then how is he going to change those things around? 
Mm. I, that's, I can't see it going any other way because that's what history dictates is going to happen. And he is the person who makes all of the decisions, regardless of what anyone else, regardless of what you want to think is irrelevant. What is mm. actually the way that it works. And Vince has performed very much a hostile take, takeover. Why wouldn't creative be part of that? Mm. That's like the whole kind of key to it all. What is the creative direction? It has to go in the direction that he wants it to. Mm. And he has a very narrow, weird view on what wrestling is. That doesn't even involve wrestling most of the time. Mm. So you'll look back at this era, the era of competence as the golden era. As Sue says here, yeah, Hunter's lucky that uh, Vince is back to take the blame for the Rumble, whether it's good or not. There yeah. you go. <laughs> there is that. Uh, Get yeah, Shane in for that 900 grand appearance. That's <laughs> inflation. Yeah, well, everyone has a go at that last year. I uh, had a big laugh at that Rumble last year, yeah, even though it wasn't good. Um, but anywho. Uh, but yeah, that's it, really. Unless there's uh, anything else you, uh, you want to talk about, JP, on this, uh, this uh, main section. I don't think there is anything else on the main section. It's another one of these, as people have noticed, we're being a lot better with the actual time of the main show, he says, mm. as we're hitting the two and a half hour mark, because obviously yeah, this is free week. We've got a little <laughs> bit of a post show to come. So yeah, it can become behemoth. But no, people on the main field will be like, what's happened? Did one of them have a heart attack halfway through or something? Just just give up. 11 o'clock finish. Well, this happened two mm. weeks ago, didn't it? And the 11 o'clock finish uh, came back to uh, to bite us in the arse. But no, that's it. All I'll say is go forth. Watch your Jay Briscoe matches. You know, there's uh, loads yes. of great lists out there. Our good friends are uh, truly, he put a, a great list of uh, of, Jay, of Jay matches in, Briscoe tag matches in, Kings of Wrestling, you know, Generico Steen, all of that stuff, the matches against each other. Um, loads of uh, loads of great stuff to uh, to uh, to uh, to go out there and watch. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, be doing something with uh, with Jay Briscoe at some point. But yeah, in the meantime, big mixtape coming this week. Free week continues. We'll have the uh, the great. Um, uh, what you call it, Dealer's Choice Month coming up next month. Oh, yeah. Free uh, preview of uh, of that on this free week will be the the mixtape with the matches we uh, if you didn't hear it, that we chose in the uh, in the pre-show bit uh, earlier today. So yeah, look forward to that on your feeds. Weekend show will be live uh, previewing mm-hmm. Royal Rumble. Um, so we'll be giving it the uh, the full um, preview treatment on it uh, on Friday again live on the YouTube. Should be about seven start JP. That's usually what we do. Yeah. And do I need to do a Vince voice? When I'm going through the contestants, <laughs> you can do that. Oh, my. I, I felt dirty oh, throwing that into the uh, into the Alpha rumble Academy. fire. One. <laughs> yeah. You could throw that in, but yeah, we'll let uh, for the say on the uh, on the Patreon. We usually have our, yes. our post show, so yeah, we'll be uh, doing that for for those of you who are on the free feed. So yeah, I guess this is a fake end to the show, JP. Um, see you all. Um, the show is over. Honest. Bye. Reach for the sky, boy you know it's really over is the bit where I say goodbye in another language ah there you that's, go that's, there's, that's the code there's the trick that's the code there's the code so yep that's the uh, spotlight done and yeah for those of you who are mm. usually uh, around yeah we will now uh, get through the uh, the fun uh, fun job of uh, figuring out uh, music <laughs> 
names. Uh, she says, if your throat isn't bleeding by the end of it, you're not trying, JP. I don't know what that's in reference to, but I think it's a, it's a good... Uh, oh, by doing the Vince thing, thing I suspect. Oh, right, okay. I just love hey. that podcasting in general. Um, he's, he's not far off, so you really are. You're, <laughs> you're remarkably on the money for it. But yeah, Rian, is, you're right there, mate. Spot on. Briscoe's theme song is... Um, oh. Is it the yeah. Reach for the Sky? Oh, no, 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 no. no we dude. can use that, but we've As got to use Give Me Back My Bullets by uh, Berlin and Skinner. That's the... Uh, okay. For me, that's the Briscoe song. Reach yeah. for the Skyboy is uh, probably the outro, I think, unless we think of something That's else, fine. But, yeah, I think I've got to... Throw it. But I wait, no, I don't even know how this edit's going to work. Like, this... I mean, what are we going to do? I haven't thought this through. <laughs> it's probably just going to so, be all one big file. Maybe we'll uh, we'll have the we'll have a fake intro, we'll have a fake close, and then uh, people get this uh, this outro here. Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Some people are going to be getting. Oh my god, I don't know. Are we going to be putting up on the free Podcast feed? We're going to be putting the bit with the unless on the free feed you just put mm. pre-show as part of the Patreon week, and then just the edited show as it normally would do mm. as like a separate thing. And then maybe on the YouTube, we just leave this. So you've got the whole yeah. thing on there. And they'll think, oh, two and a half over. hour. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I think that might, I, I don't know, that seems to work in my head, as I've said that. Mm. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I think it's something else. Hot milk, cold crisps is the <laughs> certainly be the pre-show, pre-show title. title. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar, we do a, a pre-show. Uh, yeah. um, we tend to do a pre-show title for that as well. Main mm. title? Would you call it Jay Briscoe? I think Jay Briscoe works doesn't it, as a title. I think so. It's the biggest thing. I think it's the biggest thing. It's the thing that deserves it mm. um, as much as anything else on there. The worked shoot cut. I like, I that. like that from Simon. Are we doing? Are we doing basically a kit of me a, a card? Or it's like, look, we're just gonna fucking lamp into each other, get pissed off, fucking scream at me. It'd be great. <laughs> right, that's what it is. Oh, how did you find her in the uh, the daily updates this week? No, when they're going out on the public feed, I was I felt weird for me. It was just like felt very weird, it's strange. It was like even now, obviously being live on YouTube and out there for all the world to see it is a bit different than our secret uh, Patreon club. Obviously, obviously on the Patreon, we're always uh, we do it this way. It's on YouTube anyway, just with a with a hidden link. But you know, there's a different element to it. I was doing the uh, yeah. because the, the daily updates are usually JP's baby, so like I've been uh, jumping in on the and doing the Mondays and the, and the Thursdays. But mm-hmm. I still think people want to hear you. They don't want to hear me on those. But I do my best. But I could feel it. I was like, I was, I was like, I was trying to. I wasn't being professional because it's still me. But I definitely felt like I was watching my words a bit more, <laughs> like trying to, like, oh, anyone wow. could listen to this, so I've got to be careful. Uh, I'm fucked if something happens to Kazuyuki Vegeta, and I'm mm. fucked if that mm. happens because I'm not going to be able to say nice, polite things about him. <laughs> oh, hopefully, people will uh, enjoy that. But yeah, we got to obviously get your uh, your raw results today. Tomorrow will be NXT results. People can look forward to. Yes. Like you saying here, Patreon outro song, The Last of Us theme. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. I'd be going game for that. Gustavo, you know, Gustavo Santanella, I think his name mm. is. Like, he's great. Um, oh, he did the soundtrack for... I want to say he did the soundtrack for... It feel, uh, oh, was it Sicario? Oh, right, okay. Don't have here a big memory of that soundtrack. He's an Argentine... He's, I'm just trying to have a look on here. Because he did the music for Last of Us from... Because the thing is, by the way, if you look at Last of Us and decide, mm. okay, I'm looking at this and it doesn't seem particularly like anything different to a lot of stuff. Oh, right. He did the soundtrack for Amoris Peros, 21 Grams, um, Brokeback Mountain. He did Babel, um, 
God, you're somewhere okay. with the Kronos quote quarter. Yeah, Babel's got like a memorable soundtrack. Okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Strange yeah, film. But then he's in Iratu is a kind of a mad director, isn't he? It's like it can be a bit all over the place with him. I love Amoris Peros, That's- though. So this is a song we can throw in about cereal, um, if there's anything. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm still recovering from that. Unless you're wanting to put on like an time. advert of like fucking Tony mm. the Tiger or something. Mm. I, I just... Know, maybe sort of my problem with... Yeah. I was going to say my problem with Frosties has always been if I like cornflakes. I can just put some sugar on them. Yeah, it's effectively Frosties. Yeah, I agree. And then you got the option to have the sugar or not have the yeah. sugar. I'm and you can limit it. It was the tea thing that killed me. It was like, you know, I'm the worst person in the world for, for wow. not putting uh, milk in my tea. And then when it comes to coffee, you got Matty turning around going, oh, you're mm. just being a snob. Oh, you guys can be snobs about tea, but I can't be a snob about that, coffee. I mean, I'm sorry, Nescafe's are uh, it, a hard no for me. You, you've got uh, to draw a line somewhere. But it's a fucking tightrope to walk mm. when you're making mm. tea for people. Because they get quite offended if you, oh, you haven't left that to brew and go, not a fucking mind reader, you love. Sorry, <laughs> I haven't fully checked it out. Like, I would have known, but my ESP was fucking up this afternoon. Mm. So I'm not entirely sure. How am I meant to know how you want your tea or the, the duration? <laughs> There's a lot of variables. You kind of almost with tea should go, look, you do you. All right. Mm. I'll stick to me. This is how I do it. That might be the simplest way for us all to move on, which ties in with a big overarching theme of just, and it, a, a kind of an acceptance and an acknowledgement that there are going to be different ways of, of perhaps doing things as well. And making tea very much falls into that ca- category. Sorry, Andy here in the chat saying tea is awful. Like, I can't, I can't abide that. Um, I, I'm addicted to hot drinks, but I kind of gave up a lot of caffeine, Benno. I, I stopped mm. drinking Phil because it was sending me even more mental than I normally am, which is terrifying. Um, mm. And I've slept. In, I've had that feeling. A lot better. Mm. Yeah, there was points where like I was getting really bad headaches at like four or five in the afternoon, and I realized it was literally withdrawal. Like my body wanted more caffeine. Like I had to that I'd, I've reined it in since then. I don't make my coffee quite as strong in the uh, the RV sixty. <laughs> it's yeah, the, 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 there's a ways and means of. I'll have coffee on certain occasions, but then I was talking to Vicky's dad about this, who was raving about the Tim Hortons in Milton Keynes. Oh, right. Good, good and I was like, well, it's funny you talk Tim about her. Yeah, I told him about what you mm. thought. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And there's one in Belfast. How do you know that? And I went, ah, it's pointless trying to explain to you, 65-year-old man. Be wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least he enjoyed it, though, you know. That's he did. Thing. He did. He did. And he enjoyed The Last of Us, as you should do, Bello, when you get on to that. Mm. And uh, play uh, the uh, game, but... I'll get to it at some point. I don't know if you saw because Robert Brockley was um I think you must oh. have missed that he was emailing us. He went to uh you think he was in London, was it last weekend? But he's going to Coventry. Coventry. I was hoping you could give him you could give him oh, some tips. Is it too late? I completely to. forgot. Oh, gutted. Hopefully he's listening to this. Where's your you gone in Coventry, Jamie? Well, in Coventry? <laughs> I mean, in Coventry, I say this is someone I went out with who someone who lived in Coventry for a couple of years. So I kind of went around there, but it was UK yeah, City yeah. of Culture. There are some like interesting stuff, particularly if you like stuff like kind of two tone music and and whatnot, like around the centre. Like there's like the there are places to go and everything else for like the day. I think it's a good place for a pint. There appears to be a load of Irish people there. Coventry City are in a fucking terrible state of affairs. Um, other than that, it's quite. I I quite I don't mind it. I quite like Coventry as like mm. a place. 
you know, it's it's. I've been once as, on an Everton away day in like 2002, and I wouldn't recommend. Oh, he should be going to Coventry Sky Dome if he goes anywhere, shouldn't he? Which you can't fucking <laughs> oh, yeah, miss. It's right on the underpass. Yeah, near the station. Ah. Yeah. Other than that, like I, 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 I quite enjoyed large swathes of it. I thought oh, it's it's an all right place. Were you at the Coventry Sky Dome for the Wrestling Channel no. show? No. Did you go to any of the shows there? Did you go to Noah? Nope. Never did. Oh, we talked about that. I mean, yeah, you didn't. You never made the trip. And I was annoyed. And then there was a period of time where I couldn't fucking escape that I was walking past the Coventry Sky Dome like three days a week. And I was like, ah, fucking, it was easy to get to in the end, wasn't it? It just really would have been 45 minutes on the train and a 10-minute walk. Like, and yeah. I was there. But then I didn't go and see Dragon Gate when they were in Oxford. I didn't go and see Masawa when he was in Farringdon, which is on the way to Swindon. What are you thinking, JP? Mark Haskins promoted him there. Like, the idea that Masawa was knocking around Swindon in and of itself is fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've, my, my biggest memories of, like, wrestling of the early 2000s, that is, it's going to the, the big Coventry yeah. shows when Alex Shane would be trying to uh, turn it into the mecca of British wrestling. It's where I won the Joker Bash you ticket from that show. Um, which you might hear more about on the Patreon next month, just saying. That, I was going to say. Maybe. I don't know if you Maybe. want to see it. You could work that. I feel like we could work, work into it for this. Or my choice is CZ, see, or the entirety of the CZW Ring of Honor feud is my oh, dealer's okay. choice. Mm. Like 16 hours worth. Just <laughs> give to Matty of <laughs> skinny lads, basketball hoops, some shit death matches, some fucking great mm. stuff as well. Like, <laughs> he'll be all over that Zandig gym I'm joking he's seen some of that he's he's not as oh, yeah. um, as, much, as much as he makes fun of it he's definitely Gary has definitely forced him to to watch a lot of that stuff I think to be honest the biggest thing about this mixtape that I've found mm. it is it's the uh, it's the uh, what you call it World of Sport uh, match that I think Gareth's chosen but, yeah, uh, oh, well, it's uh, a really eclectic selection I mean it was, I thought it was funny when you said Goldberg versus the flock really isn't it for, yeah, for yeah. that match it's that Goldberg's like first of, good match. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping it all holds up. I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, and it's kind of like a great angle, and it's done in a way where it's kind of no nonsense. Like mm. I just kind of thought, I'm going to make Matty watch a great G1 match, and I can't say it didn't last half an hour. It's like mm. a fucking 12-minute shit-kicking match, and he thinks, ah, oh, it's just going to be like dull strike exchanges. Like, no, mate, they just fucking run at each other and go for it. It's fucking great. Matty will come out like, you know what's good? Wrestling for points. Big fan. Um, <laughs> it's good. He's there. Uh, yeah, Starnum are doing a trio, uh, doing a tournament of like three-way matches, which is for point. Awful on that. Yeah, Simon said there, when's Alex Chain next chance at his arm by being involved in the res again? Hopefully never. That's the um, mm. that's the hope. Um, yeah, fuck that, man. Flies uh, on shit. There's no chance of that. No, absolutely not. Um, Simon says here, Last of Us, uh, it's been good, but he's just finished second season succession. Just watch, follow the B story, um, and you get it. I did see a couple of people saying that they just don't when we're when we're on here going on about succession characters when we're talking about the latest Vince McMahon family drama. They're just like, huh? who, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I, I guess I forget. Not everyone's seen it. No, that's it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's funny actually. I watched the uh, the menu on Disney mm. Plus last night. Um, which was as a, you know, if you try and read too much into it, it's, it's a load of bollocks really, but I kind of enjoyed it for something that, that had enough kind of twist to it. But there was one of the guys, the guy in the first episode who they like try and buy, he's like a kind of tech guy who ends up mm. coming in and talking himself about being a stalking horse. He was in it. 
he was mm. he was in that film as well. But I'm severely looking forward to seeing Brian Cox on there because otherwise you're more likely to see him on a BBC politics show. Frankly, that seems yeah. to be like his real fucking passion is uh, mm. is Scottish independence. That's very much where he he throws it he throws himself into that. Just but like yeah, we're yeah, success. I'll I'll be buzzing when it comes back. It's on HBO. That's mm. there's. I think that's the golden rule. I was again mm. explaining this to my son and his girlfriend. It's like if it's on HBO, give it a chance. Mm. Be a bit wary. Although I will say I'm enjoying that welcome, welcome to Chippendales thing, which is on Disney Plus. It's uh, <laughs> good fun. Very oh, much well, like Pam and like Pam and Tommy, basically. I never finished Pam and Tommy. I only got through like the first like three or four. Maybe good. I was enjoying it. I just never picked it up again. Um, I- bit annoyed about that, really. I thought, I can't think of a name, but who was playing, is it, was it Lily? I can't think of a name now. She um, played, uh, Pamela Anderson was just like, did an incredible job in terms Mm. of like what it was, you know, in terms of like a, a real kind of impersonation. But yeah, the, um, uh, other than that, like I I thought it was perfectly fine, but I end up watching this stuff like a lot of the time, I, mean, I watch Happy Happy Valley, mate, on Sundays is the fucking one. I don't know if you've watched that. It's, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Off, it just looks like shit ITV fodder to me. But nah. like, I know you're thinking, that. oh, here we go. Gritty BAFTA. Mm. Gritty, gritty BAFTA. Here we go. No, yeah. it's not like that. It's a bit better than that. I promise you. Mm. It is. It's like I saw well, Martin mm. doesn't like some of the Yorkshire accents, and I daren't get into an argument with a Yorkshireman about accents because you're in a hide in a fucking nothing. So like there was a map somebody did of like your of like the world where it Lily was like James. if you oh is that it right Lily James that's it yeah well like yeah, about like what the miserable cop like gimmick is in every part like in England miserable cop and it's raining in like Europe miserable cop and he's a smoker and it's like it's going around like the different parts Drinker. of the world like the, the trope yeah there's the drinker like the the American character yeah it's all uh, every everything's already been done but uh, what's yeah, up with Rogan is the, it's the best and I agree always like that. what's up with him gaffer. Lost his kids three years ago in car crash. And oh, he's coming back now. That's it. He, 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 he loves fit job. You know, it's it's that kind of stuff is what, what we do end up getting. Um, the lead into AW Dynamite every week and, uh, on ATV2. If you search the Kevin Bishop show and you just type in the phrase gritty BAFTA, you'll see mm. it like where he's doing like a piss take of that. Remember that Red Riding trilogy? Yeah, oh, they did one of that where it's all the acts. He looks like Sean Bean, but the only words they ever say is they just go gritty BAFTA, gritty, hey, <laughs> gritty BAFTA, no, gritty BAFTA, gritty, gritty BAFTA. And they're just doing that to each other the whole, whole time. And he's like lead South Yorkshire voices. That period when Red Riding came out because Boy A came out around then. It was when I first mm. saw um, Andrew Garfield. And I remember oh, yeah. having that feeling where it was just like, Andrew Garfield's like, oh, you know, when I see him like doing well, you know, doing Spider Man and doing other stuff, it's like, oh, you know, I saw him, you know, back when he was working the small venue, back when he was wrestling in front of the Indies. Boy A with his basketball hoop in the era, you know, before he made it to the big time. I always feel like proud. But he went into developmental very quickly. I felt True. like he was like, you might argue like kind of with a pretty deadly type of speed, really. He was worked into the kind of main roster of like of, of a red riding. He was given like a couple of big tours and the rest of it. He's doing all right. He's not having to sign on on the side, is he? So, you know, shout out to Andrew yeah. Garfield. <laughs> Didn't think that was going to go. But anyway, 
Mikey went to bed before. We should probably yes. get going. But this is what you get. Patreon.com slash grapple. Extra intro, extra outro. Um, more nonsense, more arguments, more bullshit. But yeah, plenty coming this week. As you say, JP, mixtape uh, with all of our choices that you hear us uh, go through on the pre-show. Uh, weekend show on Friday, doing the uh, the big Royal Rumble preview. And then I imagine uh, that mixtape will, uh, will drop over the weekend as well. And then, yeah, into February, two years of the Patreon, JP. It will be the... Uh, the official anniversary um, as we get into uh, Dealer's dealer's Choice Month proper. Do you think we'd be here two years later still doing this nonsense? Oh, yeah. Still doing 400 podcasts a week. Um, yeah. We might need to... Uh, we've, got a, we've also got a, a patron's um, a big, big, big town hall meeting covered up as well. We might need yes. to talk about that. <laughs> we can, uh, you know, uh, make it all uh, manageable for everyone and uh, and look at the uh, the schedule and such and what works and what doesn't. But yeah. the things coming is the main point, JP. Exactly. It's um, loads of things coming up. We've got loads of great content and loads of great shows on there. So if you haven't subscribed like, and you enjoy this kind of stuff on it, I mean, obviously we do talk wrestling as well on the Patreon shows as well. And the weekend yeah. show, which me and you love doing. Like, it's a really I think it's a cracking show. Like, Mini spotlights. Yeah. These run too long for you. 90 minutes done at most. Yeah. Probably an hour most of the time. And you'll hear like a fair whack of cynicism. And mm. possibly a bit where we talk about New Japan Strong, a show of, I don't think either of us have watched in at least a year. <laughs> if we're going to be honest to ourselves and the listeners. Andy's right. The Patreon money paid for your Oxford uh, housing empire and my ROH. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a hundred percent true. And yeah, I'm going to head off as uh, Simon says. I'm going to watch that, uh, that new Ice Cube uh, uh, BBC, the BBC Two um, Hip Hop uh, series they've been doing. I know Ice Cube's featured on it. I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, but yeah, whatever you're doing, folks, have good. a have a great rest of your Tuesday night. Uh, daily update coming tomorrow from JP, and then enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you here again on Friday night. Sampai Jumpa, Indonesian. Which, if you're watching and you like Last of Us episode two, you'll know what I mean. Bomb the place. That's how bad cordyceps are. Bye. Look forward to it, Simon. See you, Rob.